Yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 147. And today we are here with Alex Sheepy Soto. Sheepy, what up, brother? How you doing, G? Hey, thank you, man. I really appreciate it, dude. You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. It's um it's an honor to sit with you. Nah, and, man, uh, come on now. No, it it is, bro. Because <laughs> the fuck uh, you saying I mean, that? We go way back. We definitely do go way back, but uh, I know that time is very valuable. And for you to make time for me on a weekend, especially when, you know, you could be with the family and stuff, that means a lot to me, dude. Yeah, you know, it's a little, I mean, I got all three of my boys this weekend, right? So I had to juggle that. My kids call me like, Dad, where are you? you know? <laughs> it's like, uh, do I got to take care of some work? You know, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, I value people that uh, valued me. Yeah, you know, definitely. So uh, with that being said, you know, if, if I could make something happen for someone like yourself, I'm going to do it. You know, it's. If I can't, I'm gonna tell you, yo, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think this is like our third time we've tried to do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, so with that being said, it's like in the past, like, yo, I can't do this or you can't. But you know, I, I made we 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 try to get the stars aligned. We're good. We're here, and, and and God is good. You know. So yeah. We're good. No, uh, God has definitely blessed you, bro. You too. Uh, yeah. You know, life is good, man. We started out pretty much in the same the same scene. You know, identical scene, same forum, same group of uh, acquaintances. Uh, yeah bro it's wild man i remember i don't know if you remember but i remember the first time i ever met you so this was at ibok summer nights right i had my eg ibok summer nights and what i had done is i rewrapped the harness in raycam but it was just the stock harness like i took off all the plugs and shit guess i caught it yeah so you so you're looking at my bay and i'm like oh shit that's sheepy yeah <laughs> you're like hey what's up bro is this did you just rewrap the stocks up and i go oh yeah and like, oh it looks cool and so that, i caught it then yeah of yeah. course you did i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> i would be a dickhead <laughs> no nah, you were cool bro and yeah. then uh one of the other earliest memories was when we were at week fest 2010 in frisco Oh, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. I rolled up in the Blue S2000. Yes, 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 yes. I know, I remember that. I think Jared rode with me. Yeah. Uh, S2K Jared. I don't know what his name is now, but uh, Jared Aguilar. A lot of people know him. He's built a pretty dope car. Um, I'm sure we'll tackle that subject. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, man, that was a fun, fun, fun event, you know? You know, the the crazy thing is I, I could genuinely tell you the most rewarding memories come from the honda days man yeah you know um i mean sometimes i look back like fuck look at my walls yeah i know i was looking even in the restroom too they're all hondas yeah because then you know i'm out here i look at those walls as i'm working as i'm building these cars and and i look at those things that's what got me here that is why i'm doing what i'm doing yeah you know um we all bleed red bro we're all gonna go six feet on the ground and you just can't forget where you come from, you know? No, you're right, dude. Now, sp- speaking of where you came from, can you give us a, a quick breakdown of who you are and what you do now? Yeah, so my name is Alexander Soto. Um, I, I own Sheepy Race, a uh, manufacturing company based out of Marietta, California. Uh, for those that you don't know, we started with the Honda industry. Um, I'm a big Honda guy at heart. I have uh, many Honda builds under my heart, under my belt, uh, that I built not at the time to develop a business, but out of the passion of just building cars. Um, it's then evolved to a business that it is now. We started with building turbo manifolds out of my garage in 2011. Uh, then it evolved into a business in 2013. In 2014, I opened my first facility, 1,200 square foot facility in Paris. Me and one guy, um, 
with an assistant building turbo manifolds, downpipes, intercoolers, etc. for the Honda community. From there, we evolved into Evos. Fast forward, fast forward. Here we are now. So here we are. I love it, bro. <laughs> I love the uh, the evolution. You know, I've seen I've seen you from the beginning, just starting out, just making building show cars and things like that. To coming to this is it's very inspiring, dude. I love it, man. But um, yeah. something that I really want to get into is your early life. I want to I want to know what makes you you. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about question. that? Yeah. Oh, it's going to get deep, bro. I hope you got uh, a claw on deck. <laughs> yeah, I do. Right here. All right, good. It, you know, uh, ask in deck question and I'll answer it. Go ahead. Where were you born at? So I was born from East Los LA County Hospital. Okay. My mom's uh, had me when she was 16 years old. Um, I come from a very proud Mexican descent individual. My, my family's from Mexico. My mom was born in Mexico. My dad was born in Mexico. Um, my mom's family came out here at an early age to, to, um, to chase a uh, better lifestyle, right? Um, unfortunately, my grandparents had a very different mind of thinking. For example, they wanted their kids to go to work at a young age. They didn't think like you and I think, right? Yeah. Where you and I, we want our kids to go to school, get a degree, become someone better, yeah. right? Um, their, their, their mentality, not that it's bad, it's just all they knew, yeah. um, was to... You're 15, 16. You go get a job. Got you. You're going to go work now. You're not going to go to school. You're going to go to work. So my poor mother was forced to go to school and drop out of school in freshman year of high school. Mm. And she loved school. And uh, she had to go get a job. She hated her lifestyle at home. Now, as a 15-year-old, what 15-year-old knows what's right and what's wrong? Yeah. Not many. So my mom thought that it would be best to run away. Mm. So my mother run, ran away, met my dad, got knocked up, had me, you know. Um, but my mom was a, a very hardworking lady, man. She uh, worked two full-time jobs as a waitress at Denny's. You know, I mean, I, my earliest memory was her leaving her first portion of the job, getting off at 2.30, going to where we were being babysat to sing happy birthday on a cake to my sister, and then rushing to go fucking back to work, you know, while she was in dress and work clothes, you know. Wow. And that's one memory I think that really fucks me in the head. And not in a bad way. I don't speak of that out of pity. It's just like, it makes me think as a parent, like, you don't fucking want that. Yeah. You know? um, so that's where I come from. That's a little bit of my background. Mexican descent. I'm very proud of being Latino, being Mexican. I'm very proud of our traits. I'm very proud of, you know, the, 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 the uplifting of the we come. I think you and I resemble a lot of it. Um, uh, there's a lot of it that I don't want to desire into my kids that yeah. I do not push into my kids. I see you with your son, you know, and I catch on to it. I mean, I, I know the way that you're brought up is probably not the way you raise your son. Yeah. And the same way with me, right? I'm yeah. I mean, the way that I think about it is they had the best tools that they had to, to raise a family. That's all, like you said, that's all that they knew. Right. You know, but for us being in this day and age, having so much opportunity and you know, my son being 12 and him having so much more opportunity that I did. You know, when I, I feel when I was 12 that I was like eight, you know, yeah. <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's like a little man, dude. And, uh, it's a fine line from having a balance of like giving them everything and still trying, Discipline. To, trying to keep them, you know, learning because I feel what made me was those kind of struggles, you know? Yeah. But you know, I remember man being a young fucking kid, bro. I was seven years old hearing my mom worry about financial stress. Yeah. As a seven year old, you should not, in my opinion, know 
what financial stress is. Definitely. You're a fucking seven-year-old kid. Definitely. Now, granted, my parents did not know any... My poor mom didn't know any better, yeah. better, right? I mean, Nick is one of my best friends. Nick is uh, the owner of Vane Stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 shout and, out to Vane Stands, Yeah, yeah. so he, you know, him and I were just at lunch together, and we hang out. We, we, what people don't know behind the scenes is him and I are hella close. We mm -hmm. work together all the time. We go to lunch once a week, talk business ideas, business ventures, and... You know, one of the things that we talked about today was was upbringing of our kids, of how we were brought up, yeah. what we want for our kids, and the way our kids think. And it's just, it's very different. Yeah. And that's the best that they knew, you know. Um, I don't know if I'm getting carried away here. But no, uh, dude, th yeah. this pod goes wherever, man. There's not there's not straight questions. There's not a straight track. Yeah. Like, So long story short, you know, my, and, and my mom remarried. I was six, and my stepdad um, she had two kids, um, and um, we moved to Colorado for better opportunity of financial structure. Mm -hmm. he, it's construction. Colorado was the second fastest booming state in the country at the time in the late '90s, and uh, we moved there and uh, you know lived a normal life. It was it, it was normal. You know, we, we weren't poor. We weren't rich. I, I had new shoes. I had the new shoes that I wanted. I had new new T-shirt, new jeans in the beginning of the school. Yeah. Um, my, my mom worked real hard. She's a hustler, straight hustler. Yeah. Um, fast forward at the age of 16, Mother's Day 2001, she was in a bad car accident. Um, wow. And that's when the alternative event of life kind of happened for me. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I know in public areas, public things, public speeches, I've, I've said at the age of 16, I was homeless, and, and I'm not speaking out of my ass. I could generally tell you I was. My stepdad is very old-fashioned Mexican, meaning that if you weren't home by 6 o'clock and doing your homework, you were a bad kid. Mm. If you hung out with your friends, you were a bad kid. I don't know if you remember that. Mm. All you want to do is hang out with his friends. He's a bad kid. Yeah. I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't have guidance. Right? Uh, my mom was in a coma at a hospital, and, and, and my dad was nowhere to be around, and I wanted to hang out with my friends. As a 15-year-old troubled kid, you, you wanted sense of love, sense of comfort, and being around my friends was it. And my stepdad didn't agree with it. Yeah. So he would lock the doors, lock the windows, and I'd sneak into my house, and eventually he kicked me out. I went to go live with my grandma, and she kicked me out. So then I lived legitimately out of a fucking black trash bag for a year. <laughs> at 16. At 16. So what is your mind thought at 16? Do you, do you feel like, yo, my family doesn't understand me? I, or you well, just wanted to do your own thing? I don't think you neither. I don't think I thought about that kind of stuff. I kind of just figured it out. Yeah. I didn't think a pettiness like, poor me, my family don't want. I don't, I can't answer specifically as it's been so long. But yeah. as much as I can recollect, I didn't really think about that kind of stuff. And then I have an uncle that's like a dad to me. Um, so I would walk to the library, but I lived in this house with all these guys. And, and I lived in, in the basement and they were into like doing some drugs. And I really wasn't into that shit. I was, I was a pussy. Like I was, not, I was not that kid that was into starting trouble, into doing drugs. At the age of 15, 16, I was into chasing chicks. Yeah. That was my thing, right? I wasn't into like smoking weed or trying drugs or being experimental. Like I didn't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. And, um, I used to walk to the library at the time. AIM was big. AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> yeah. So I had an account. So I'd walk to the library, bro, like three miles. And as I'd walk, I remember this school it was a middle school that I'd have to cross through the field. And I was walking. I'd keep my head down and look for change and pick up five cents, ten cents, a penny. And I'd pick up enough to buy a Top Ramen. Hmm. Right? And that's what I used to buy food. And I'd go to the library and I'd log into AIM. And uh, my cousin messaged me. He says, hey, 
where are you? I said, I'm in Longmont. He's like, my dad's been looking for you. I was like, really? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, call him. So I call him. And this is my mom's brother. So okay. I call him from the library phone. He says, Mikko, where are you? I says, I'm here. Give me the address. I'm going to go pick your ass up. So I give him the address where I'm staying. And at that point, I walk back. As I'm walking back, I get to the house, the sheriff's department there, evicting everybody from the house that I was staying at. And, uh, you know, I'm not a perfect dude. Yeah. Right? I believe in an upper power. I believe in God. And that was a God moment. Like, if it wasn't for that, I'd be fucking legitimately living and sleeping on the streets. You know? And uh, he picked me up and he told me, if, my, if I was in the same position your mom was in, your mom would take care of my kids. I'm going to set your ass straight. And he owned a chain of transmission shops. And um, he was harsh. He was strict. But he got my ass straight. I was 16, I turned 17, you know, I, I learned about automatic, you know, transmissions, I learned about mechanics, a little bit about business, I got a job at this commercial warehouse, and uh, I found my opportunity, and uh, I was big into, you know, Hondas and stuff, and I knew that California was it, and uh, my dad lived in Riverside, and I mm-hmm. called him, I said, hey, I, I want to chase my automotive performance life, you know, hmm. can I mm-hmm. move in with you? Yeah, you can move in with me. I, thought I did my taxes. I got 742 bucks. Got in my fucking Civic, which is a green one that everybody knows. It was red at the time. I drove it down here at the age of 18 and uh, moved in with my dad. From Colorado, yeah. you drove the car. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Wow, dude. So was that your first car? Mm-hmm. How did you acquire that car? My cousin. I have a, uh, there's three brothers of us. <clears throat> and we, we call each other brothers, but we're not. David and Danny... Uh, which is my mom's brother's sons. Uh, we were all raised together. We're real small. We're real, real tight. Like, like super tight. Like we did everything together. Everything first. Uh, David was the older one. He was the most responsible one. Mm-hmm. Danny was the middle one. Kind of didn't give a fuck about shit. And then it was me. We're all real tight. Um, David, I was what sixteen. David was nineteen. David always saved money. He bought the hatch. He would go to auctions and buy Civics or buy cars and then sell them. And I was like, oh, I want that car. Give me the car, please. Primo, come on, give me the car. And he was like, bitch, you even got money? Mm-hmm. I said, no, but I'll pay you back. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave me the car and, uh, you know, I'd have to give him 100 bucks, 200 bucks payments, you know, for the car. And that, that's how I got my first Civic was through my cousin, which I call my brother. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, yeah, that's how, I, that's how I got that car. So you're working with your uncle at the, the transmission, the transmission shop. shop. And then you just decide one day, hey, I want to move to California. I want to move back to California. Well, back in Colorado, we knew that sport compact drag racing was popping in California. How did you know that from the magazines? Or? Bro, when I was fucking 12 years old, I saved my lunch money by every magazine that money could buy. Hmm. Sport Compact. I bought Import Tuner. I bought fucking Honda Tuning. I bought every magazine. Did Was there one person that got you into it or was it your cousin? It was just me that got myself into cars. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was just always into them. That's dope, man. Yeah, I always miss that era. You know, I got into Hondas probably like 2007, dude. So every time that somebody talks about even like those old magazines, I'm like, damn, I just, I feel like you a missed, poser, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you missed that era? I missed that era. Nah, bro, I, w- I was fucking uh, 12 years old, seventh grade, 1997, and, and I was saving my $3 lunch money to buy magazines. Yeah. I'll find a picture, I'll send it to you. We're in the background. There's fucking every magazine lined up. Uh, import tuner, I had sport compact, I had Honda tuning, I had fucking a uh, turbo magazine, and I'd buy every single issue that come out. Hell yeah. And I fucking had them lined up. I, I knew about Birkenholtz, Stefan Papadakis, Lisa Kubos, everybody. Now they're acquaintances of mine. I call yeah. them right now. Yeah. You know, but yeah, bro, I was that kid that would fucking, uh, mom, let's go, let's go to Albertsons. See the magazines are out. Are they out? 
fuck, they're not out yet. Let's come back tomorrow. Yeah. Well, buy them, you know? I think I was like that with uh, WWF Magazine. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, that was me, bro. I was fucking obsessed, dog. I mean, I, I love it. I was obsessed. And then, then when I got a little older, I would go to the library and, and get magazines like how turbocharger works, how a four-stroke engine works, and just kind of taught myself. Yeah. So at the age of 17, you say, mm-hmm. right, that, that you moved from Colorado to Riverside. Correct. There was no discussion, nobody that you talked to, no nothing. You, you were just on your own by that time already? I had a girlfriend, bro. That was the name she becomes from was this chick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it's kind of the hardest things. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I was happy with this chick. Yeah. But I knew that it wasn't going to work. And I knew that in, in the long term, the things I, something told me I had to leave. Yeah. Things were fine. You know, I was with her for three years and, um, the night before I left, I told her, Hey, I'm moving to California. Wow. Yeah. And what'd she say? What would your wife say if you said you're moving tomorrow and you leave her? Damn, bro. That's a deep one, man. I was, I mean, it was my first love three yeah. years with this chick, you know? Like in love, in love to death. And then one day I knew, I understood the right and wrong, and I understood what I had to do for myself for long term. I, I don't, I don't regret it, but at the same time, you still think about certain things, you know? I mean, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I got three beautiful kids. Lots happened, but. Uh, Have you had any contact with her since then? Years later. Really? Last time I had contact was in 2010. Wow, how did that go? 2011, I still talk to her brother. She knows I exist. I mean, for, for God's sake, my company name Sheepy Race comes from her. Yeah. So she showed sheep in Colorado. Uh, it's farm country. Uh-huh. So she, her family raised sheep, and they would show them in stock shows and make money. And uh, I played video games back then, and I used to travel with her family and her to, to these shows. And one day I get back, and I played Counter-Strike, and my friends are like, where were you? I was like, I went to Colorado Springs for a video for uh, a, a stock show. Mm-hmm. Like why you have stock shows? Like Jen shows sheep. Like what? And I thought they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. They're like, <laughs> well, we're gonna start calling you the Sheep Raider. Yeah. So I played as the Sheep Raider on Counter Strike, then the Sheep, and then when I joined Honda Tech at seventeen, I used the Sheep. So then I changed it to Sheep, and then I went to Honda Tech meets, and a couple guys started calling me Sheepy, and that's where the name came from. No shit. Mm-hmm. I stuck. Wow, man. So at the end of the day, this whole company, this whole brand that everybody follows, is all based off of this chick. Yeah. It, it always happens like that, man. Like, you never know when one little idea, one little seed just spawns into something crazy. It wasn't you know? even a seed or an idea, though. He, at the, the, the fact of the matter, Frank, let's keep it fucking 100. If your wife is not into cars and you have a Lambo, I'm going to take it to this guy named Sheepy. Does that sound professional? Mm, I mean, just be real. Sheepy. <laughs> No, I mean no. No, no, let's it, keep it. Let's keep it one hundred. Yeah, I'm gonna take my Lambo to a guy named Sheepy. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. Listen, I don't. I, I, don't, I, I don't really put much stock. I, I in do. Names. I do. But it's a brand. I can't get rid of it. Got it you. is what it is, yeah. right? Now it's a household brand. I, I do well. The name is very respected. Everybody knows what we do. But in the grand scheme of things, if you were to start a business tomorrow, would you start it off by Sheepy? Shit, I don't even know if I would call it Downstar. You get what I'm saying then, right? Yeah. The f- more of the story is that it's not really the 
the idealist name of uh, well i mean that's even that's where downstar came from you know it came off of a spin of the skin brand yeah, yeah, dark star yeah. you know and it's just something that clicks something that it was mine it was my name on aol instant messenger it was my name on nwp honda tech things like that you know so it's just like it was my first sign of having something that was mine understood because i never i never had much you know i had like you know uh video game consoles and yeah, clothes yeah. and things like that but i just really didn't have anything that was mine until i like started skateboarding Understood. you know when i would skate this is me this is this is my vessel right here this is this is me getting into who i am as a person you know so i i always just wanted something that was my own thing and that you know that's the, where the sheepy came from you, you know that totally dude and those are the best names who are, who cares what it's called you know bag of beans you know if if I mean, it's kind of humbling. Like now, it's like, you know, it's it's a it's a household name in the industry for what I do, and it's just like, you know, people say, "Don't take that sheep for granted." It's like, we build fast shit. I yeah. I know what I do, but it's just like the fucking sheep. <laughs> you know, it's dope. The logo's dope. I yeah, like yeah. It, we, we a lot a lot of change. We've branded it. We do very well. I, I, I clearly at this point there is no changing. You know, yeah. funny thing is, um, I tried getting rid of it and. NWP days. Really? Asked Joey Lee about it. I tried. I remember having a talk with him. I said, I want to get rid of the name. And he said, you know what he told me? He said, it's kind of like Screech Mm -hmm. from Saved by the Bell. You always be known as Screech. Yeah. Homeboy from Saved by the Bell. He's like, you're always going to be known as Sheepy. He told me that. And it stuck in my head. And I tried to get rid of it for a while. I I changed my name to Alex S. And he made fun of me for it. He's like, you will always be Sheep. Yeah. You're like Screech from Saved by the Bell. And he gave me that example. So... I kind of have him to think mm-hmm. for keeping the name Sheepy because I I was like gung ho stuck like fucking put the you know the 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 fork down like fuck that name I'm in a I'm changing it I'm not Sheepy I'm fucking Alex hmm. you feel me yeah he says you're like Screech bro from State by the Bell you're always gonna be Sheepy and that's when I kind of gave it up why were you trying to push away from it. It sounds foolish. Mm. It sounded foolish to me. I wanted to be professional. I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Right? So I wanted to get away from it. Like, I don't know. It just didn't sound right to me, you know? And then, like, until, like, honestly, him, I have it. In reality, I got him to thank for keeping the fucking name. Yeah. Because he said, yo, my man's is like Screech from Saved by the Bell. If you and I are rolling down the street, we go to the mall and we see that motherfucker. Hey, it's Screech from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. I don't even know that motherfucker's name. I, would, I bet you Screech wants to change his fucking face, dude. My <laughs> man's, I'm telling you. And when he gave me that example, yeah, right, 10 years ago, I'm like, all right. Yeah, how I feel, dude, is there's a... Uh, there's not really much in the name. It's about what you put behind the name, the marketing behind it, the legacy that you leave behind it. I feel like you can call it anything as long as it's represented towards what your company is, what you do, or what have you, you know, because, you know, you could have like the quote unquote perfect name, but it doesn't have any personality to it. Branding it is key. It. Yeah. So Brandy. you can brand, if you're, if you're good at marketing, you could brand anything. Anything. And I agree with you. With a sheep. Like, what have you done with the sheep? Yeah, I got dudes dropping one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on a sheep. I love it, bro. <laughs> so when you moved to California, what was your mindset? What was your idea? What, what what was going on in your head? Did you feel like moving in with your dad was gonna be the right right decision since you were separated from him for so long? <sighs> yeah, I've always had this way of thinking. I'm not too proud of it. I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. 
I say I'm going to do something, I do it, and I don't think about the negatives. The, let me rephrase that. I don't think about the pros or the cons. Since I've had kids, three kids now, I am a very, very, very cautious individual. I'm talking so cautious that now, at the point that we're at now, where I sit, yeah, I feel broke. I feel low. I feel that I'm failing. I feel that I'm not good enough. I feel that I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And granted, on paper, I'm doing better, making yeah. more and do, than I've ever done in my life. But because I have kids, because I have so much responsibility that I mentally let myself get so low so I stay on top. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I don't ever walk around like, I'm Alex. I don't sheepy. I'm the shit. Fuck no. Fuck no. I'm Alex. What could I do to help you? Yeah. You feel me? Um, I feel that when you get a sense of comfort, when you get a sense of, of, of com- complacent, you, you, that's when you start to go down the downside. You feel me? No pun intended. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's uh, having kids, I think it's, it's three of them. It, it, it's really scary. It's a fucking scary feeling. Yeah, I'll tell I, you that. I can only imagine. I'm, I'm like dude. keeping it 100% with you. It's fucking scary. You must raise these kids. You must do okay enough to pay for these kids. What are you going to do every day to make sure these kids are okay? Yeah. Right? It's not about us no more. Five years ago, you would have had this fucking podcast with me. Things would probably be different. So looking back at now, Alex, the father versus... Alex, the guy who just does whatever the fuck he wants to do. Is there things that you would have worked on in the past or changed in the past to get you to, to this, this mindset that you're at now? Absolutely not. I feel like every choice that I've made, everything that I've done in the past has got me where I am. I mean, I, I know you could go back. I mean, mo- mo- many of you guys can search. There's articles where I, I know like even magazines said like I'm, uh, what word am I looking for? Um, fuck, what is that word? where I'm, I'm being spoken of because I, I had this reckless mentality. I had this mm. reckless way of being. I know for a fact when I was 21, 22, when I built those, those cars on the walls, I was ignorant as fuck. Mm-hmm. I thought I was some fucking, I don't know what the fuck you want to call me. I, I wasn't though. I was the fucking 22-year-old kid, egotistic fucking kid that did not understand what life was about. Yeah. And you thought that he built a cool car with cool fucking bolts, no pun intended again, <laughs> you know, and, and I am the shit. I'm going to walk and I'm going to judge everyone's cars. Fuck no, you ain't fucking shit. You're just another motherfucker that happened to put A and B and C together. That's yeah. all I was, right? So do I regret any of it? No. Would I change any of it? No. Because those arrogancy moments, those arrogancy lanes that I crossed, that I went down to, has got me to be as humble as I am now, to understand that you ain't shit. You ain't shit. I ain't shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, you, I feel you. You know what makes us is being human. No, I could definitely relate to that, dude. Like uh, when, when your ego gets checked, it's a really humbling thing. Bro, it's the most humbling thing in the world. And yeah. my ego has been checked big time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm openly talking about how I was at 21, 22. I have this thing that I say, there's nothing you could tell me about me that I can't tell you. I can yeah. tell you at 21, 22, 23, 24, the, how I was. And it's called being human. It's called being human. It's called making mistakes. It's called understanding in life, you know? And uh, a lot of those human mistakes has caused issues with other peoples in the industries. It's yeah. caused 
burnt bridges. It's caused um, friendships. I, I could have had great right now, um, but it is what it is. You feel me? Yeah. Um, I know you and I, behind all this, I've, I've talked about a couple of little things. And in reality, why I keep mentioning those little things is because it hurts my feelings. Yeah. It's not because I have something to prove or because I feel like I'm better than somebody. It's because in reality, it hurts my fucking feelings. That 10 years ago, I would hang out with this motherfucker, go to my house, hang out. And then here we are now. And, and it's just like a negative vibe. Yeah. I feel you, dude. And us coming from this Honda community, especially SoCal, especially the NWP guys, especially the iBot guys, like you're talking about the Honda community worldwide versus such a small, small group of people. Group. Yeah. It, it's like, it, it literally is like a high school and we've all grown up together and we've all evolved and changed and went in our, our specific, you know, directions, ways, business owners or what have you. But it's just like, you still have that feeling inside of you like whenever i talk to you i know i know we're friends and you know we've known each other for 10 plus years but i still look at you like sheepy the same way i look at ryan you know ryan's one of my best friends we've been to japan like four times together sema and everything you know but whenever i hang out with ryan i still have that feeling like yo this is this is rywire dude this is ryan this is somebody that i used to look up to coming up you know and i could just imagine if five years down the line if things didn't go right with with me and ryan and we split ways and then you know something something happened whether it was me my ego got the best of me or a disagreement or whatever and we never talked about it yeah that would hurt my feelings a lot and it has nothing to do with business it has nothing to do with i'm hating on this person or whatever and it, it just comes down to like yo that was somebody that i cared about and now we don't even fuck with each other anymore, and that hurts my feelings. It hurts. I, I, last time you were here, you, last weekend, your son had a, a soccer competition, and we are kind of just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and, and, and you said something to me that, that was triggering. Um, you, said, you said, the way we were raised was not okay to say that, to talk about our feelings. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, definitely. And, and, and you're right. And, and, you know, regardless of what I've done, what I have, I feel that it's important to talk about your feelings. Yeah. Because... Don't get it fucking twisted. The problem with the fucking internet is, the fucking problem is, everyone to portray this, I'm fucking perfect, I build cool cars, I'm the shit, follow me. Fuck all that. Listen, I'm fucking human, I bleed red, my feelings hurt. I wake up sometimes discouraged as fuck. I wake up and I sit down and I'm just like, fuck. I got what to do today? Yeah. I gotta build that car, I gotta call that customer, I gotta answer 100 emails, I gotta deal with 10 employees fuck but you're sheepy you you have lambos like doesn't that fix it like in the internet's world <laughs> right <laughs> but it doesn't and yeah. then, you know you walk i fucking wake up bro I, I i wake up you know and and uh sometimes i sit in my bathtub i fill it up and i just fucking sit there and evaluate life like what the fuck do i do yeah do i go to work and my phone fucking 20 text messages, 15 messages on WhatsApp for my international customers. And I'm just like, fuck. Yeah. Straight up. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then baby mama walks in, holding my baby Hendrix. All right, say bye to Hendrix. Hendrix can go to daycare, give him a kiss. And you see his smile. And you know what I think? 
fuck everything. Let's, let's get go. it. Let's go. Let's get it. Yeah. Let's get it. Because that fucking little kid right there and the other two, they rely on you. Yeah. Get the fuck up. Wash your fucking hair. Brush your motherfucking teeth. Get your coffee. And let's go. The moment I walk in that door, bro, my fucking mentality switches like that. I walk in my sales teams, guys. Yo, we have a whiteboard. We have daily marketing, 3D marketing, five-day marketing, one-week marketing, one-month marketing. What the fuck are we doing today? Yeah. And you know how we refer to it? I'm like, we black and white. I say, are we fucking today? We fucking. <laughs> are you holding dick? That's what we say. You holding dick, motherfucker? Or are you we fucking? I'm going to keep it on. Uh, this is as blunt as it's going to get, and I'm sorry if it offends anybody. I love it. Let's but do it. when I walk into my sales, guys, I say, we fucking, we holding dick. I love it. And then Johnny's like, I- I- I'm not holding dick. I said, you better get fucking. <laughs> Let's fuck. And I walk out here and I check on my tech. I check on my welders. What are we doing? Let's get the fucking. That's what we refer to it. Let's get the fucking. Yeah. Are you holding dick? Are you holding dick? Are you fucking? Yeah. And I walk around and I see you fucking holding dick. I'm going to call you on it. Why are you holding dick? Oh, I'm not holding dick. I'm doing this. <laughs> get the fuck on it. And the, and the moment I walk in that door, it's, it's no longer pity me, poor me. What the fuck is? Get the fuck to it. You're Alex. You got a business to run, you got kids to raise, and you got motherfuckers to prove wrong. Yeah. Let's roll. Do you have anybody that you can talk to about like when you when you have those type of feelings? Yes. That's good. Because um Ravi. somebody Ravi from CSF. Shout out to Ravi. Do I fucking love Ravi? He's, he's my best he's friend. He's such a good guy. Is he? Yeah. Oh dude, I love Ravi. Yeah, I don't know if you knew um, that, but Ravi's my best friend. We uh we've we've had a lot of good talks and and it's really good to have people like that around. People Ravi and Nick. I love it, man. Um, and it's all, all business owners, you know, because we all, we all understand it. You, there's not a day that I could just be like, uh, I don't want to do this today. I have to. I've, I've obligated my life to this business. This is what I have to do. You have to. And there's no, there's, there's no crying about it, you know. And that doesn't mean that some days I just don't feel like shit. Fuck, dude, I don't want to do this shit. Like, this is so stressful. But, I mean, this is the life that we picked yeah but it's definitely good to just talk about this it's good it's good because i'll tell you what we're not the only ones you're not the only one that feels that bro like i just told you i sit in my fucking bathroom like fuck my life yeah you know i get in my car i go to drive through and the kids bumped up oh fucking cool car driving today i'm just like fuck you (laughs) you know so so sorry to cut you off bro but um so you could tell that you've changed as a person since you started having children. I, I can't tell you how I live life without children. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that gives you an example of what children do to you. Yeah. I know you have a son. Um, that's your stepson. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you as a, a responsible motherfucker has is, 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 is made you change. But uh, there's a switch that flips in you when you have kids that gives you a different view in life um how you, how you do things how you think things you know i'm still reckless i'm a reckless motherfucker i'll tell you that i'm reckless when it comes down to business yeah i'm aggressive as shit three years ago i bought my first lambo three years later i built 55 of them that's being reckless that's yeah. not being smart that that's i'm reckless yeah you know and 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 and, and uh, the truth is that uh kids make you think long term yeah, you know. I feel you, man. And I could tell you as a person that you have changed a lot in these last few years. You know, I, I see you coming into 
a business owner of this stature, you know, the, the, your mindset changes, the way you hold yourself changes. Do you feel like maybe people that you've known from the beginning that they haven't recognized your change and, and giving you that, that leeway, like, yo, maybe Alex is, is not the same Alex that he was before. I can't answer that because I haven't spoken to them. Um, I haven't been around much to be able to answer that. Yeah. Um, if you do not feel that I have changed, if you feel that I am the same, same individual that I was six years ago, then you're the arrogant one um, because you're living in a, in a time that's gone by. If you continue to stay up with time, with modern world or whatever it may be, social media's ways of doing things, you'll see that things have changed. So if you do not care to um, view those things and understand them and accept them, then I'm not the issue. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I don't really care to try to change people's mentality of to care that. Oh, did, do you know that I've changed? Yeah. Um, if, if you don't see that I've changed, then you're living in the past. And weirdly, Frank, there's people that still live in the past. Yeah. I see it every day. I woke up last night to it middle of the night I see a post I actually screenshot it and sent it to one of my boys like this motherfucker's still living in 10 years ago shit like what's up with this fool <laughs> so there's people still out there that, yeah. that think that way and live that way I, I, I'll tell you right now there's motherfuckers still out there right now that think I'm less than them Yeah. not that this is some battle that I'm still in the same position and because at one point they built cool shit that I'm still less than them and they haven't done <sighs> if I gave them one of these cars they wouldn't even know what to do type shit not that I'm better than them but Granted, more of the stories that some people are just caught up in their time. Yeah. Right? And you can't change that. Right? You can't edit that. You can't fix that. You just have to accept that for the, who they are. If you try to change everybody, if you try to make everybody see that you've changed, it's wasted effort. I don't, with all due respect, I don't give a fuck to change you to think if I changed in the past 12 years. Yeah. It's wasted effort. That clock spins, and I can't stop that clock. All I could do is continue that clock to change myself. If you care to see that, then hey, you're a wise individual. If you do not care to see that, I can guarantee you aren't going to progress. So people that progress, other people that progress are going to see that. Yeah. People that progress and other people that don't progress are going to see, only get stuck in the negative. Does that make sense? Yeah. So no, I, I feel I, you. To answer your question, I don't give a fuck if they see it or not. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. I, I continue with time. You know? Yeah. So now you speak of time. Um, what what is your relationship with time, and how do you, how do you value time? Time is probably the most thing that I love the most. I always time time is is, is there's no price tag to time, right? So I'm a very aggressive individual, right? Um, when it comes down to business, I mean, dumb. Within our peers, if you probably talk to some of our peers, they'll probably tell you Alec is very aggressive. I I move quick. Um, um, and it's bad and good. Yeah. Um, that's when it comes down to time. As far as like family goes, I need to slow the fuck down a little bit. You know, um, my oldest uh, has long hair, had long hair. And uh, two weeks ago, we always had this thing, him and his mom, that when Kobe, his name is Cobain, mm -hmm. after Kurt Cobain, I said, when Kobe wants to cut his hair, we can cut his hair. So a couple of weeks ago, we're at the park. And I'm on my phone. I'm always listening. And I hear him run up to these kids. And he says, uh, the first thing he says to these kids is, hey, 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 I'm, I'm not a girl. I'm a boy. Mm. My name is Cobain. And I caught that. And I call him. I said, Kobe, come here, dude. I said, what's going on? 
I said, what's going on, buddy? He's like, nothing. I was like, what'd you tell him? He's like, I don't remember. Mm. I said, you remember? He's like, well, and he speaks with his hands now. He's like, well, I told him I wasn't a girl. I told him I was a boy. I was like, but why'd you tell him that? Mm -hmm. Because I have long hair and I don't want them to think I'm a girl. Mm. I says, okay. I says, well, does your long hair bother you? He says, well, only when I take a shower. It takes forever to dry it. All right. Do a lot of people call you a girl? He's like, no, only the first day of school. You know, they, they, they said I was a girl, but they, they know I'm a boy now. I says, okay. So as a parent, you must evaluate those things, right? It's like he is having self-conscious awareness at the age of five, but does not know what he's being aware of. Yeah. Now, granted, this kid, have you met my oldest? Uh, maybe just some Okay, passing. if he came in, he's f full of self-esteem, like just proud kid super dope kid like just on cloud nine like just, you know but that was the first signs of being self-conscious about his love long hair he had to make it a point to introduce himself to say hey i'm a boy i'm yeah. not a girl yeah so i said hey bud do you want to cut your hair he says yeah so i quickly google top 10 haircuts for boys and i scroll and he picks it so that's the haircut you want yeah. he says yeah so i call his mom i said mom kobe wants to cut his hair mom's like well are you sure i says Mom, we had a good talk. So mom has a talk with him. Yeah, mom, I want to cut my hair. Hmm. Okay. A week later, we go to the barbershop. I've been going to the same barbershop for 13 years. And we cut his hair. And he's pumped up, bro. He's just gassed up. Me and mom are fucking crying. Like, we're cutting our <laughs> boy's hair. You know, what the fuck? I said, Kobe, Kobe. And you sit him down and say, Kobe, you sure you want to cut your hair? He's like, yeah, daddy. I want to cut my hair. I'm a big boy, daddy. I'm like, fuck. This was the first cut ever. First cut ever. Oh, wow. His hair was to his butt, bro. Oh, wow. And, bro, I'm crying like a fucking little bitch. Like, <laughs> my, my baby's got his hair, you know? I was like, dude, are you sure you want to cut your hair? He's like, yeah, daddy, I want to cut my hair. So, all right, dude. And I'm fucking sitting there taking pictures, fucking typical parent, right? And he's just gassed up, bro, just smiling, you know? And he's like, daddy, I love my new hairstyle. Wow. I give, I give him an undercut zero on the side, so it's so crazy, you know? And, um, uh, Moral of the story. What is the moral of the story? What is the moral of the story? You say you've got to spend more time with your family. Spend more time with your family. Oh, moral of the story was as they're cutting his hair. I don't know what it was. When they put his head down, when they cut the back, I saw his neck shape, right? Uh-huh. Right. And I, and I thought to myself, this motherfucker's got a grown man head. Like, he's a grown-ass kid now. Yeah. He's a grown-ass kid. I'm cutting his hair. This dude's picking his fucking haircut. This dude is telling me what he wants to cut his hair. And I'm doing what he's asking me to. And you know the last fucking memory I have? Was him being a baby. You want to know the downfall to that? I'm so fucking caught up with work. I'm so caught up with keeping customers fucking happy. I'm so caught up with answering emails on a fucking Saturday night that I can't see my fucking kids. And that's when I said, fuck this. You know? And that was fucking two weeks ago, Frank. Damn. I'm so caught up with... My motherfucking phone. No, I'm going to show you my fucking phone. Look at all these messages. You know? That, that I can't see my kid grow up. But those motherfuckers, with all due respect, don't give a fuck about my kid growing up. Yeah. You understand? And it fucking broke my heart, bro. It broke my fucking heart. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? The same sheepy, these cool car bills. It's cool, bro. It's cool. My kids don't give a fuck. Yeah. My kids want dad. They want dad. That's all. You know? So when he cut, when I cut his hair, it was like, <sighs> big fucking, bro, we're human, bro. No, There's no rule book to being dad. Yeah. Right? There's no rule book to being a human. There's no rule book to being an adult. 
and and we just got to do the best that we can and everybody has different trigger points in their lives of what triggers them to do certain things and that was one of my main triggers was when i saw that me cutting my kid's hair my kid picking his hairstyle my kid pump he's a grown-ass kid i'm just like holy shit Right? I mean, these are talks that Nick and I have when we go to lunch. We don't talk about fucking cars. We talk about fucking our families and how to build more businesses and how to grow more. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, fuck. So what kind of changes are you going to make from, from now on? I made happened? some changes. I made some changes where I, I am firm. Like, hey, after five o'clock weekends when I have my kids, I'm not going to work. I, um, I have customers that have become very accommodated to being a get, get a hold of me. Like, hey, can you look at a log? You do this. Hey, listen, I got my kids this weekend. Can't handle it till Monday. Got you. So little things like that. It's a start. Yeah. Right. Definitely. So, um, but I, I, at the end of the day, it, it's a very hard thing to do because what I do for a living is recreational, Frank. Yeah. It's not needed. What you do is recreational. Yeah. It's not needed. People do not need to buy bolts. Yeah. Don't go to downsaring.com at all. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I feel you. People people don't need to build these cars. I tell people that sometimes. Somebody will say, yo, I just don't have that much. I say, hey, bro, just save up until you're ready, and that's it. We're going to be around. Like, I don't need you to buy stuff from me to support. Mm-hmm. You know, take care of what you got to take care of. So it's, it's recreational. So it's about balance. Okay, everybody, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and we'll be back in one minute. Yo, what's up, fool? Make sure you check out Downstar for all of your dress-up needs. Get it popping over here. We have all the kits for the K-Series, the B-Series, the transmission, the mounts, the engine, the Toro, baby. We have the hardware for the seats, for the stereo. We got it for the speakers. We got it for the lug nuts. We got it for the air valves. We got it for everything, dog. So you make sure you hit us up at downstarring.com or you call us up, fool. You can even text us, lame, 818-937-3472. Just shoot us a text and tell us what's up, dog. I need some fucking balls in this bitch. Hit us up, downstarring.com. Hey, and if you got an Instagram, slide in our fucking DM at downstar. Wait, hit up the homie, Frank underscore downstar. He's the one that takes care of all the DMs. Hit that level up and shoot him a message and he'll get you all taken care of real nicely. So, but it's, it's really good that you, uh, that you got that realization. You know, I feel like that you can tell somebody so much, yo man, maybe you should take a break from work. Maybe you should spend time with your family. Maybe you should just do whatever, but it takes that, it takes them to actually have that that epiphany you know what i mean and to have that to have that happen while your oldest is only five years old i mean they still have the rest of their life i mean you you did miss a significant part but i mean to make the changes now there's still a lot more to go ahead you know 100 percent. you know uh i'm in my kid's life don't get it twisted i i'm i'm that proud fucking dad you yeah know? and they and they know they know i'm 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 fucking I, i'm mexican so in Mexican descent, dads aren't even affectionate with their kids. Yeah. I don't know if that was with you guys, but. No, not with me, but with my dad's family for sure. Right. So me and my kids, I'm fucking affectionate. Give me kisses, baby. Yeah. Who loves you? Who's, who's daddy's big boy? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my kid's like, daddy, like, come on, stop, dad. I'm a big boy, you know, like, <laughs> but I, I always tell him, you're, you're always going to be my first baby. You know, like, I, I'm, I'm a very affectionate guy with my kids. Um, My little newborn, my little redhead, I'm just. You know, I, I'm, I'm that dad that's super proud. Um, can I spend more time with him? Absolutely. But I feel that both you and I as men could always improve as father Definitely. figures, right? Um, but 
if you ask me, do you feel that you fulfill being a father? 100%. I am not a deadbeat father. I do not find work as an excuse. I am a dad. I'm a provider. I am a discipliner. I am, I'm all those things. Yeah. I just find it that just because you are all those things does not mean you can't do more. And so by giving you that example, it's just telling you that, that I, I found room for error mm-hmm. to improve. Just like as a business, right? If, if Frank from Downstar said four years ago, I'm good here, Frank from Downstar would not be here. Yeah. The objective is to find room for error as a father, as a role model, as a business owner, as an employer, as a friend. You have to find room for error to improve. Because yeah. if not, you're just a statistic. You're just the same motherfucker on the corner doing the same motherfucking shit. No, I feel you. You dude. feel me? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm the most harsh on myself that as anybody is bro i'm so harsh on myself you have nick will tell you i'm fucking harsh i i do not understand that some people everybody knows who i am i'm just like uh hi i'm alex cool oh my god can i take a bit yeah yeah, you can and it's like i'm so hard on myself i don't do enough i don't do i don't work hard enough bro i'm up at 5 30 answering emails i'm in this fucking door at seven o'clock you know i'm 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 grinding i'm i'm hustling but uh, you know, you work on Lambos. It's just a fucking car. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm not doing work hard. I'm not working hard enough. You know? No, I feel you, dude. Sometimes when I I tell people like, look, I, I feel like I have so much more that I can accomplish, and they tell me you're doing so much. I'm like, dude, I don't feel like that. <laughs> I don't feel like that at all, know. dude. I feel maybe it's because the people that I look up to towards motivation, these people are just all day on it on it on it on it and it's just i i know that i'm not at that point right now i agree with that and i relate to that because the people that i look up to are on a whole nother level yeah and i look at like uh one of the individuals that i look up to dearly is and a close friend and also a business acquaintance that i do business with every day he's actually my partnership in the electronics to all these v10s mm-hmm. and that guy is like probably the most successful guy in sport compact industry uh he owns injector dynamics mm-hmm. t1 race development have you heard of t1 yeah tony paulo yeah tony yeah. tony is uh does all the electronics behind every v10 that i do so tony's one of my closest friends at the same time one of the closest business guys that i deal with and at the same time i look up to him yeah so it, it's kind of like a really weird scenario like uh i literally talk this kind of sounds fucked up i talk to him more than i talk to my girl you know, I talk to him all the time, yeah. all day long, right? Because him, he is built a business that is grown into something that nobody could touch. And he's a hardworking guy that's always improving. I'm a hardworking guy. And we get along. We, 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 we Our dynamic is phenomenal. Like when we're tuning these cars, yo, I'm going to be free tomorrow. Cool, the car's on the dyno. Yo, here's a log. I hit the car. Like the moment he sends us, yo, email sent. Three minutes later, we, I say tag. Tag means the log's back in this email. Two minutes later, you're it. Boom, log sent. Make a hit. Two minutes later, back at you. Boom, you're it. Hmm. Within one hour, the guy's in fucking Texas, 2,000 miles away. And in fucking one hour, we tune a fucking a car from 700 horsepower to 1,300 horsepower. Done, ready to go. But it's, we have a dynamic. We work well together because he's a hardworking guy. Like, time is money. When he's at work, he's not there to fuck around. When I'm at work, I'm not here to fuck around. That guy's got two kids. He's got a wife. He's a proud dad tonight. He's at, uh, you know, uh, some monster show with his son. With his, name, his son's name is Kobe, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, his Kobe. Mine's Cobain, but uh-huh. we call him Kobe. Um, but he's a hardworking dude, so it's like we have a dynamic. Like, we don't have time to be fucking around. You feel me? Um, and it's just 
uh, we have a great relationship. The guy is the guy I look up to. You know, people look up to me, and I feel honored. But when people say, "Who do you look up to?" I look up to Tony. I love it. Yeah, you know, that dude's a fucking man. You know. Yeah. Um, and till this day, I tell him all the time, like, bro, I, I fucking love you. You're the man. And he tells me, yo, yo, you're killing it, bro. I'm proud of you. Like, and it's it feels good to hear that the guy that I look up to, yo, I'm proud of what you're doing. You're doing a great job. You know. And, and I tell him all the time, you know, my success to my V10 industry career would not be without him. He is the backing to what I've done with the V10 shit. Um, and, and granted, yeah, my team does do a lot of work here. I mean, you know, um, you got to have a, a mechanical working item to be able to electronically manage it. Um, you know, um, I do good with my customers. I, I customer relationships, number one. But uh, moral of the story is that, uh, you know, that's, that's who I look up to. It's, it's what I do, you know. So. That's dope, man. Do you, so you see his life and you see it like how can he accomplish so much in, in one day? The fucking funny thing with Tony is that he's like a poker player. I, 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 I'm a Texan right now, so you need to go play fucking poker. <laughs> if you talk to him, his facial expressions, his tone, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. He speaks the same, right? Um, Tony is definitely a poker player. Uh, he's a great family guy. He's all about his kids, you know. And I'm, I'm, you know, as you know, you have customers that hit you up after work hours that don't understand that. Um, Tony is one of those guys that. Uh, I mean, what was it the other night? Thursday night. I went to the drag ship. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw I, it. I said, yo, you got a minute? I want to send you a log. He's like, I'm um, remember the cooking class. He's at the cooking class. A cooking class. Yeah. Now, I didn't ask details, but if you put one and one together, you think it's a cooking class for him? <laughs> well, he's at a cooking class for his family, for him and his wife. To, you yeah. know, I, I took it as like, he's, he's at a cooking class because his wife asked him to go to a cooking class. That's a badass motherfucker. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah, hell yeah. Have you gone to a cooking class? No, but my wife is really into cooking. I would love to do something I haven't gone to a fucking cooking class, but that motherfucker said, I'm at a cooking class. Let me get back at you tomorrow. That's dope, man. That's dope as fuck. Yeah. I said, cool. When I go to Texas, you're cooking me fucking dinner. He said, done. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I said. I didn't push it like, oh, yo, I need a log reviewed. I need help. I said, cool. When I go to Texas, you're cooking me dinner. (laughs) You know, but that's that guy, bro. That motherfucker... He's the fucking man, bro. If we FaceTime him right now, he's with his family. He runs one of the most successful fucking GTR companies in the world. He owns Injector Dynamics, which is the number one injector company in the world. He's one of the top Motec tuners in the fucking world. And he's just the fucking man, bro. You know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm very blessed because not a lot of people fuck with Tony. Tony don't fuck with a lot of people. Tony don't fuck with a lot of people. He don't need to. Yeah. And, you know? Um, and he fucks with me. And, and that's why I that, that relationship and... I'm very, I speak very openly about, you know, I don't know if you follow us like T1 race, mm-hmm. you know, Motec package. It's, it, that's him, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I look up to him a lot, a lot. You know, I, I you know, when I have personal issues, I, I reach out to him and, you know, he gives me advice. Tony's a, a great friend of mine that I feel that in, in, in business, I, I, I would not be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Um, back when we built the show cars, so look at the S2000, he built me the catch can and everything. And uh, I was like, yo, can you be a catch can? I go, that's 2009, bro. Build me a catch can. I go, this corner, this corner, this. And he said, yo, Alex, if you fucking, if you built a race car, the way you build show cars, he goes, the industry would be in trouble. Yeah. And that's why I built the fucking race car. I broke the world record. Dude, let's get into it, bro. So we, we, we got off on a tangent. Um, you just moved to California to live with your, with your father. Um, what, how did you end up furthering your Honda career from that point? I went to go work for webcam shafts 
and then uh, I just built my my cars out of my garage on Honda Tech, um, Elsa, mm-hmm. um, which is a mother to my only two other kids. I would feel that she, um, she she is the backbone to everything that I've done, business wise. Mm-hmm. Um, to be completely honest, with you, I would wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Um, I remember when I had the Civic. I was into drag racing and uh, <clears throat> I would build it, blow it up, build it, blow it up. And she said to me, don't you want to build a car that just lasts you? <laughs> I says, yeah, that sounds cool. She goes, what would you want to do? My roof was fucked up. She's like, I was like, well, I want to paint it. I want um, Megan rims. I want a wire tuck. Yeah. I want ITBs. And she's like, okay, how much is the paint job? 3500 how much itb 1500 how much is this does it wrote it all down and then she's like okay and then she then wrote how much she makes a week how much i make a week how much our rent was or whatever she's like okay on week three we could buy this on week five we could buy this on week six we no could buy way this. that's how i built that car which car the eg mm-hmm. was off of her spreadsheet and her dictating when and where we buy things not how, me how long were you guys together at that time, I started dating when I was 19. I was 21. I built my first cover car. <clears throat> but it was because of her. Yeah. She said, and, and a lot of that money came from her money too, her paycheck. But I made 400 bucks a week. She made 400 bucks a week, you know? Yeah. We paid her parents six fifty, seven hundred dollars $700 for rent. We had an Altima $500 car payment. We had insurance. And then she's like, okay, and this is how much we spend for food a week. We're going to balance ourselves. This is how much money we give ourselves for food. Um, and this is how much money we have left over. This is how much money we could go towards the, the, our car build. And no that, way. And that is what got me on the cover of Honda Tooney. Wow. With her. That's awesome. And dude. then came the Integra. And then came the race car and Civic. Then came the race car Integra. She she was the backbone behind, financially, all of it. I I fucking sucked that spending money. Like until this day, I suck as I'm like, yo, here's my card, card fee. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's how it started until this day. She manages my money to this day. She's CPA to the business. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, so speaking of the Integra, that's when I first started following you when the Integra was coming out. I think you already had the EG, but yes. I remember first seeing the Integra. If I'm not mistaken, I don't even have a good memory. I don't even know why I remember this shit. But it was at um, Inline Pro Meet, like oh, yeah, 2009. Yeah. I remember seeing that car there, and uh, it was beautiful, dude. That's when I hung out with the DPK guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, DPK was a was a good. It was a always always uh, have a lot of love for those guys. You know, um, I I was very confused. I knew at a young age I had a talent, mm-hmm. and I knew that um, it could be misguided. And David, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know David from DBK. Yeah, I love David. Um, he lived in Lakewood, and uh, he reached out to me. He said, yo, come over, hang out. And David, he, he was young at the time. He was only a year or two. I think he was the same age as me. But he's always very wise. Mm-hmm. He's a bigger dude, and he talks. He, like... Put his head up, you know, wise guy, yeah. you know, I mean, just a wise speaker. 
And he says, you know, dude, dude, you got talent, but you got to, you know, be careful. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was young, bro. I was, I was hot headed. I was, I thought I was God's gift. I had a chip on my shoulder. And David, I was like, yo, kid, you can't be acting like that. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And he would fucking punk me, bro. Hmm. He'd fucking set my ass down. You know, I was like, yo, kid, what are you doing? You can't be doing this. You can't be doing that. And I had this arrogant attitude. Like, what do you mean? I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can build anything I want. It's like, no, dude, you can't be acting like that. Like, yeah. And David set grounded me many times bro and that's how i started hanging out with those guys was because of david uh david uh you know i i i feel that's one guy that i should probably sit down and go to dinner with and say hey thank you i think so man david's a fucking really really good he's a, guy. He's a great guy yeah and, and I, I think i should really sit down with him and say hey and he knows i have a lot of respect for him till this day hey man how are you good to see you like you know i don't care what i've done i, I david i have a lot of respect for like He's probably one of the three dudes that in, in from the NWP that I that I like forever. Like if I see him 20 feet away, I'm going to walk 20 feet to shake his hand. You feel me? Yeah. David's a phenomenal, phenomenal dude. I mean, granted, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Yeah. I know he works with Ryan, right? I deal with Ryan all the time. But David is an individual. Great dude, bro. I mean, that guy really... I kind of feel bad. I should probably apologize. <laughs> he fucking got my ass out of a lot of shit. Like yeah. I, I was, I was an arrogant fucking kid, bro. I was arrogant, arrogant. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a shit. My mentality was like, I built a cooler car than you. I could build a fucking way faster car, cooler car than you. Fuck you. That was my mentality. Now, why did you have this mentality? Everything was competition to me. My upbringing in life, I had nothing. I come from nothing. So I had, to, I felt like at that, at that age, I had something to prove. Yeah. Granted, I had nothing to prove. I mean, at this age now, I, I have everything God's blessed me with. And this time in life, at 34, I have nothing to prove to nobody. I would never try to compete with nobody. If somebody walked in my door and said, hey, I can build a cooler Lambo than you. Okay. Good for you, bro. Thank you. Have a yeah. good day. God bless you. While at 20, I'm like, what the fuck you mean you can build a cooler Honda than me? Fuck you. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like so humble. I'm like, bro, here you go. Have it. I don't care. You know? Yeah. It, it's just being young and dumb. But it's because I, I think it was more of a, of a, a way of um, uh, guard, a way of guarding that I did not know how to handle myself as an individual, how to be a human. You know, I was young. I had a lot of younger trauma in my lifetime that that was my way of uh, guarding myself yeah. was to act that way in which it was not the right way to act. I, I mean, you, you won't hear me talking or acting that way now. I get people now that hit me up like, Oh, I could do this. Okay, go at it, bud. Like I put my, I literally put my head down. Last week, last week I went to my when I walk, I keep my head down. I could keep my head up, yeah, but I choose to keep my head down. I feel you, dude. You know, yeah. So it's it's just one of the things that come with age. But uh, David was a uh, a big, like I said, I should probably take him to dinner and thank him. Yeah, phenomenal dude. Very wise dude. Very very good dude you know still to this day bro he has the longest podcast we've ever done really it was just a few minutes shy of four hours wow yeah and um i mean i love david dude i would see him around all the time and you know we would talk at shows and things like that but his name just never came to mind when i did think, you like, ever know that david had a uh, and i were ever close no because when you guys were probably close i wasn't anywhere close he to never the mentioned circle. it uh i not that not mm. that i can recall 
And you it know? goes to show you how good of a guy he is. Yeah. Anybody else would be like, oh, I remember when he was this and I helped him out. That goes to show you the character of that motherfucker. Well, I, I think that people know how I hold myself and the, the way that I like talk to people. So I don't really have people that, that like would tell me things about somebody else because they already know that the, the headspace that I'm in, like, yeah, well, you're telling me right now is going to say more about you than it's going to say about a certain person. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, um, absolutely. Absolutely. No, no. David is, uh, I mean, listen, bro, I haven't sat down and had food with that dude and, years oh dude you got him man david's fucking rad bro. i know he's, he's rad dude. if i'm sitting here telling you he's a badass <laughs> and i haven't talked to him and, you know i mean like he works for ryan so like you know i do business with ryan sometimes and like, i call you know but uh, it, 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 someone's character doesn't go away character doesn't go away for yeah me, you know good heart doesn't go away you know I, I don't care what he owns what he's done that dude forever in my book is a bad motherfucker yeah he called me today yo i need you what you need i got you yeah and not a lot of people that I'll do that for him, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and then there's more people to it, man, to the NWP world, man. You know, it, it's fucked up because, like, I'm a male and I hold grudges, and, you know, and there's some fucking people that I'm just like, when I see them, I'm gonna fucking bash their fucking head in, you know? And it's yeah. like, it's not the right way to think, you know? And it's just like, I think that's more of my feelings talking. I think, I think all of this would be taken care of with a simple conversation you know um nothing ever has to get to that point you know i've caught myself uh on that line as well and that's something that it never needs to be taken to to any violence or anything like that because um that's not violence it's called being a fucking man <laughs> it is but there's certain things you can't let somebody trick you out of your character and and i've gone through that no i know you have you and i had a talk last week about that you know yeah and i remember when i pulled you aside i said yo listen you 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 much better than that shit, but it's called being human, homie. It's yeah, I don't I don't. Sometimes I don't like that human side of me, dude. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> but that 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 falls into the bullshit ass internet bullshit that everybody betrays that they're perfect. Yeah, are you perfect? No, not dude. my man. It's called being fucking human. Yeah, you feel me? There's nothing wrong with being human. It's owning up to yo. Listen, I'm human. I fucked up. Yeah, you know, I I, I deal with it every day. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to fucking talk about this shit. Let's get on some fucking NWP shit. Yeah. Joey Lee, like, you know, long, all bullshit aside, I haven't talked to that dude in 2013. Seven <laughs> years. Yeah. Where we left off, he tried to put me on blast over Jared Lee's car. Yeah. Okay. And we had a miscommunication on some camshafts on some bullshit ass shit. And he tried me put me on blast, right? Yeah. And I took that shit personal. So it was uh, it was on blast like online. I, I don't I never seen it. It was online. He he sent me some posts like, oh some some new um, development story about Jared's car, mm. blah blah blah, and this and that. And, and you know what? I'm not gonna act like the victim. I fucked up. Yeah. I made some bad choices. I should have informed Jared on, hey, we're gonna take the 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 Toyota camshafts out of your car and put some stock ones in it. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. But I took it upon myself to make decisions. Gotcha. To get the car running. And it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Jared was a good friend of mine. Okay. Jared and I went to dinner. Jared knew my family. Yeah. And he trusted me. Okay. And 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 I. 
I uh, did some things. I, 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 it's fucked up. I, 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 he bought some Toda cams. They didn't work. I couldn't get the AM to sync with the cam trigger to fire. So I took the cams out. I put the stock ones in it and it fired. And, and I left him in there and I didn't explain to him that, you know, that the, the position of the cam trigger sensor was different from the Toda to the factory cams. That's why we left the factory cam ones in there. And when he went to go do a valve last adjustment, they noticed it was a factory cam. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of bullshit. Now, there's a lot of reasoning to the bullshit. It's not that I wanted to keep his fucking camps. I said, we going to get it to run. And, 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 and I couldn't explain these things. It was too late when it all happened. Yeah. So the uneducated guy that did not know about rates, did not know about nothing, about camp sync and ref sync and AM, was like, oh, I'll try to fuck you. Try to keep your camps. I am trying to keep your fucking cams. I don't even own an S2000. I, I don't need your total cams, brother. You know? But it was too late. Yeah. People in his ear, this and that. And one of them was Joey Lee. Yeah. And um, Jared's a good guy. He's like, listen, bro. You fucking me? I'm, like, no, I'm not fucking you. Well, here's your money for the, what you paid for the cams. It was like 1400 bucks. But at the end of the day, I lost a friend. Yeah. I lost a friend that was a good dude, man. Like, that's probably one that hurt. Jared was a fucking friend of mine. Jared's a good dude, man. I like him. Jared's a great guy. Yeah. He was a fucking friend of mine. And but, but because of the choices that I made of not communicating, not telling what I was doing, not involving, and just assuming that he did not matter to not involve him because he did not understand engine dynamics, he did not understand that, it was okay for me to not talk about it. It was not okay for me to not talk about it. I should have spoke about it. I should have picked up the fucking phone and said, hey, this is what's going on. Because at that time, regardless, Jared would have been like, okay. Yeah. But I took it upon myself to make that choice for myself, right? Fast forward months later, blah, blah, all that shit. And uh, I, I, I paid for it. I, I, I'm not one that hides from my mistakes. I took care of it. I made mistakes and, and I learned from it. And it hurt. Yeah. It hurt because Jared was a friend of mine. Um, I kind of feel that whole thing kind of put a bad taste in the industry of the Honda industry with me. And, 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 and that's when I kind of had to step away and kind of just focus on myself. Mm. And I focused with like Mitsubishi and just business and kind of grown. Um, but you could see where Joey was coming from. 100%. Right? Oh, of course. Of course. Of course I can. Um, you know, I, I was very familiar with this situation, not as it was happening, but afterwards, you know, you would hear things like, oh, don't. Sheepy did this or what have you, you know, but you and I have always had our own relationship and anybody that says anything about anybody, I'll listen to it. Okay, cool. What, what was your interaction? All right, cool. I just put that inside my, my data, you know, and I just, I don't change the way that I think about somebody, but it's like, okay, I, I have this kind of thought back here, so I don't want to end up in this certain kind of situation, but we've done business since then and, and everything's always been perfect. So in that situation, not only with you, has happened with so many other people. I was like, somebody says something about this person, this person about, about this person, but I've dealt with both of those people and we never had any sort of issue. You know, yeah, but granted is you're always going to have, not every situation is going to be perfect. You're going to have fallout. Yeah. And people are always going to talk about the fallouts. But, you know, I, I, I have a multi-million dollar company now. I've sold 10,000 plus manifolds. I do 5 million plus of sales a year. You're going to have down i have a lot more good than down though yeah i have five million just last year in sales alone 
three million in the year before that. I've clearly done all right. I've clearly practiced good business. Yeah. Now, granted, through those years, I've had a couple angry customers via time delay or shit not fitting or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the fucking day, Frank, yeah. it's how you take care of the situation. Yeah. You understand? Because if everybody tries to practice a good conduct upon the first initial shot, the world would be fucking perfect. Granted, it is you're not fucking perfect, neither am I. But when you fuck up and when I fuck up, it's how you take care of it. How do you take care of your fuck ups with Downstar? Change. How do I take care of them? I'm assuming the same. Change and fucking eat it. Yeah. Fucking eat it. All right. Just this past fucking couple of days, I got two sales guys. I got two shipping guys, five fucking welders, two techs, right? Like I'm fucking sitting on my couch in my fucking in my room on Friday morning, right? And then I get a tag on Facebook. I never go on Facebook, bro. I go on Facebook, I get a tag mentioned. I click on it. It's a fucking evil form. This guy makes a meme like, oh, fucking she be raised. What's taking so long? And people are like, oh, yeah, fucking she be raised this. She be raised that. She be raised this. And, I, and then his name on Facebook's like Roy and then like this like made up last name. Mm. So I quickly go on my sales. I was like, who the fuck is Roy waiting for a fucking item? What are you talking about? I'm like, there's a guy that just made a post saying that he's waiting on shit from fucking December 3rd from us. Mm. Right. Look up a Roy. I can't find a fucking find a Roy. Finds a Roy. Oh, yeah, that manifold's back there. It's going to ship today. Oh, it's going to fucking ship today. You're so nonchalant about it. It's going to ship today. Mm. The moral of the story is that I own the fucking business. Guess who it fucking hurts when there's a post? Me, bro. Not them. They fucking work for you, bro. Yeah. All these motherfuckers, all 10 of them. I'm, I'm not down talking my employees. At the end of the day, they come in and they fucking leave at 5 o'clock. And guess what they are? Employees. But the sheepy name, who is that? Me. When sheepy gets fucking... Down talk. Guess who they tag? Alexander Soto. Yeah. And guess who it hurts? Me. And I take that shit fucking personal, bro. You know what I did? I fucking picked up my fucking personal cell phone. I called that guy. It's a $700 item. I said, listen, I'm very sorry. I don't know how this happened, how I got left in the dust. I don't care if you spend $10 with me or fucking $100,000 with me. I value you because if it wasn't for you, I would not be able to take care of my family. You know what I did? I Saturday deliver, deliver that manifold. It cost me $300. My profit and some was lost to deliver that manifold on a Saturday. But you know why I did it? To make him happy. You think my employees give a fuck? They do, but they don't. Yeah. Because when they clock at 5 o'clock, they got their own shit to worry about. Yeah. But guess what? At 5 o'clock and past, guess who worries about the name Sheepy? The guy that fucking owns it, bro. Me. And I take this shit personal, bro. I stepped outside my fucking office. I give this guy a call from my personal cell phone and I apologize as a man. And I say, listen, I'm sorry. Because people in that third are like, oh, he's moved on to bigger and better things. He built Lambos. He does this. No, yeah. motherfucker. It's not that. It's not yeah. that I moved on. I still care. I don't give a fuck you buy a shirt. I give a fuck. I give a fuck, bro. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for you buying that t-shirt, buying that cash can or that manifold, I would not be here. I would not be able to provide for my family. So I, I care. Yeah. And I stepped outside, Saturday delivery. You'll have a Saturday. And that dude's like, yo, thank you so much. Bro, you're, you're the best. And I said, listen, it's not about making money. It's about making people happy. Yeah, we're in the business of making money. But if you ain't happy, you ain't going to make money. You feel me? And you got to bite the bullet, bro. And I fucking chewed everybody out in my office. You motherfuckers don't give a shit because it ain't your fucking name. I am sheepy, motherfuckers. I do give a fuck. Yeah. Get your shit right. You feel me? Yeah, that's good, man. It's... I mean, like I said, some of this stuff, it just takes a conversation, whether it's with past friends or whether it's with a customer. You know, I've had customers like that. And when when they see me 
humble down like you know i'm so sorry like i don't know how this happened i fucked up you know if i could tell somebody yo i fucked up what do you want me to do to make this better because i fucked up what can i do you know and when people see that then their guard yeah because they see you're human definitely the yeah. human element and it's, it's being human bro it's like we're all sinners bro ain't nobody perfect uh, listen yeah. if it was easy everybody would do it but you must see when you sin you must see when you do wrong and i see it bro i stepped outside i called him from my own cell phone bro yeah right yeah i got three million dollars in lambo building the shop right now a 700 dollars fucking sale i step out and do that more of the stories i don't care what that value that number is on the invoice i care about them yeah you know i don't want to walk somewhere and see somebody and be like oh fuck you you didn't take care of me i want them to say i bought a t-shirt for me and i got it three days later oh i bought a catch and i got it three days later or hey i bought a manifold but i had an error but you guys took care of me and you guys took care of me that's what matters yeah you know that's important shit bro yeah i think the stuff that happened seven years ago i mean We've all changed. If you would go back seven years to who I was a person, who you were as a person, who Joey was as a person, we would all not want to go back to be that person that we were. Well, no. It's called growing up. I don't think you would want to go back to it, but the, who you were at 20, 21, 22, 23 is very different. No, Joey Lee, um, back then he he had a lot of influence online i don't know how big of a following he has now i don't follow him yeah <clears throat> but um he was always a cool dude i'd love to sit down and talk with him i mean clearly i'm, I'm a successful business owner i mean i i don't practice bad business i made bad choices yeah. it does not make me a bad person and i'm sure someone like him could understand that um no definitely and and joey has grown uh over time you know we even talked about it when he did the podcast um he talked about how he's changed and he's evolved and i've seen it and the things that he does I, I love it man i love the position that he has in this community we need people like that i don't around. know how much he's done in the haunted community i don't follow i mean i i've stepped away um you know i i have other ventures but um that doesn't mean that anybody's less you know like i said if, if for me to bring this up frank is me being human yeah you know um granted in the business perspective i don't need to bring this up i do okay um, all my customers probably have no the fuck idea who the fuck that guy is. Um, I bring this up for the moral simple story of that throughout um, evolution in business and automotive, people play an impact, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm getting with this. Yeah. Sorry if I'm I'm like rambling on. You're now. good, bro. It's um, it's bringing up stuff that uh, it's, it's hard it, shit. It's hard shit. It, it is. It's it, it, it deep shit. I, I'm sure a lot of people watching now are fans of yours from maybe the past four four years or so when you started doing different cars and the Lambos and things like that. But the the history and the passion and the feelings that go with the Honda community that that's that's something that can't be replaced. Honda is my heart. Honda is my fucking throne that's where i started that's where i love that's what i do that's who i am it would only be natural to to want to still be on good terms with everybody that that you came up with you know ego aside pride aside everything you know yeah, but it takes two to tangle it definitely does but there's, if you if you do your time, part yeah yeah and i i haven't done my bar i think this is the first time me publicly talking about it so maybe hopefully this helps and and 
I feel I'm mm-hmm. going to say that me being 34 years old, and I'm sure they're in the 30s now, that they're going to be like, hey, you know what? Let's sit down and talk. Yeah. I, I don't think that they're in their early 20s, like when we were in our early 20s, we're arrogant individuals that you know thought that what we said was right. Yeah. Um, uh, so for me to speak about this publicly, Frank, I'll tell you this right now. It, it, it's me being very open. I, I don't it. I don't care to. And in a business perspective, it's not going to make me more money. Yeah. It's not going to give me more fucking clout points or whatever you want to call it. This is me just being human, you know? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I guess this is me just realizing that I would not be where I'm at if it wasn't for those events and it wasn't for those peoples, you know? Um, a lot of people in this industry that are watching right now have no idea how much of an involvement uh, uh, I had in the Honda world and the people around me had. I mean, dude, David from DBK, I remember sitting down talking with him and I tell him my thoughts and my views and he's like, yo, kid, watch what you say, watch what you do. But that guy almost wanted to hit me silly to knock sense into me because <laughs> I was so fucking arrogant, you yeah. know? I almost called him like a big bro, you know? And, yeah. Um, I think it would be nice, man. Um, uh, I really think the Honda community misses you. You brought a lot of very cool things to the community. Even before Sheepy Brand started up, one of the, uh, the, the memories I have was when the Integra ended up turning in to a race car, sport front wheel drive. And I think from the outside looking in, that feels like that that was the turning point of everything when you realize that I can do a little more than just what I'm doing now. Um, well, I did the Honda stuff, drag race stuff, sport four wheel drive packages, manifolds, triple manifolds for about four or five years. We still do them. But um, I'm saying that time when that car was at English Town, Chris Miller was, was driving it, and something ago. happened. The car broke, and he's pushing it. That down was the track. that was Maryland. Was it? Yeah, that was America. World Cup. Yeah, World Cup. Got that you. Was, that was 2012, bro. That was eight years ago. That was a memory, dude. That's a fucking phenomenal memory. Yeah. You know how much money I had to save? I lived off of fucking cents to make those races. God, that's crazy. So let's get to that point. How did you decide to start Sheepy Race as far as... Somebody who just builds cars, now builds race cars, builds show cars, builds magazine cars. What made you want to make that switch to become a manufacturer? You. Me? Yep. Really? Yep. How did that happen? I was sitting in my living room and I was telling my wife Elsa like how Frank Downstar was selling bolts. You sent me a message on NWB and you asked me where I got certain bolts. Yeah. Because I remember back then I was like one of the first ones to run socket bolt and everything. And you asked me, where'd you get these bolts? And I was a fucking dickhead to you. Yeah. And I said to you, <laughs> you figure it out. And I, I, something along those lines, right? And, and I told Elsa, I said, this fucking guy is making a living off of selling bolts. <laughs> and, and you know what she said to me? Does he have a b- bigger following than you? I said, no. She goes, why aren't you using your following to make money? Yeah. And I sat there. I said, what do you mean? She goes, why don't you use your following to make fucking money? I said, why would I do that? We do all right. Yeah. So you just let other people make money with your money, with your name? This is, uh, so you use car coos, DBK, and all these people to make money off your name? You're sheepy. So, yeah. What should we do? Charlie made turbo manifolds. This is well, let's make turbo manifolds. No fucking way. Okay. It was you, Downstar. 
I remember the day in my living room. Really? Yes. Damn, that's crazy, dude. And I put that on my kids, bro. It was you. Fuck. I didn't even fucking know that, dude. I've talked about it a couple times. I appreciate that. I said, I I didn't refer to you as a subject. I said, my peers are making a living off their their name when I had a much bigger name at the time. At that time, and I say this very humbly, I had a bigger following than you did. Naturally, you were in it way longer than I was. And I wasn't taking advantage of it. While people like you were like, fucking hustling i'm just like sitting here you know yeah and i was just like what the fuck are you doing i'm like what the fuck you want me to do do something that's awesome bro hell yeah that's how it started so then what was the first step into going so towards told, after the plan was made so the plan was for me to make an extra company right here dude. oh never mind so i got one. so the the first step was like yo if i can make an extra 200 dollars a week we're good. That's like 800 bucks a month, car payment, you feel me? So I told Charlie, I said, yo, listen, I want you to make turbo manifolds and I'm going to badge them under Sheepy. I'll take care of everything, sales, the whole nine. And he had a talent. He had a great talent. Um, and I was good with people. He says, okay. So we did that out of my garage. He had a plastic table, a, a sinker wave welder, 200, which I still have it, the back welder back there. And a little $100 belt sander. And, and uh, I started selling turbo manifolds, you know. And uh, I sold one. I sold two. And an extra $400 profit a week. I was fucking happy, bro. And uh, turned into three to four to five manifolds. Before you know it. My little garage hustle is, is, is keeping me busy. And me working at webcam shops is like backup. And uh, it was great, man. I mean, to be honest with you, Frank, it was probably one of the best times of my life. And don't take away from what I'm doing now. Yeah. But if I had to choose between that time and this time, I'd go back to that time. Dude, chilling in the garage with your homie. Having a good time. Building a product that you never even, whoa, my name's on this? What not, is this? Not having overhead, not worrying about paying $30,000 in bills a month. Yeah. Just having a good time, bro. I'd go back in a fucking heartbeat, bro. Now, granted, life is about evolution. Yeah. Right? This is me talking comfort, mm-hmm. right? And fuck was it great. Yeah. It was fucking, I, I mean, I got pictures, bro, I can show you, from, my neighbors are so cool, we'd be fucking, Charlie was up at three in the morning making manifold belt sanding to get a, you know, for the manifold to be done at eight in the morning for me to take the webcam shafts, because I went to work, I had to be there at eight, so I'd take the manifolds with me to web, and web would ship them for me, <laughs> you know? Oh, shit. Yeah, bro, and it was just like, fuck, it was, it was dope. Damn. It was dope. Now, at this time, what was Charlie doing? Where was he working at? He was working for me. No, before that. So Charlie, had, and before that, he started to try to do his own thing. And okay. it didn't work out too well. Okay. So that's when he was like, hey, I, I offered to him like, hey, you want to make manifolds for me? I can keep you busy enough. Gotcha. And he agreed. I said, yo, live with me. He lived in my house. Okay. I had a three-car garage. And we had a little setup in the one in the garage. And that's how it all started. Yeah. And, um, it, it was dope, bro. I mean, I mean, he had a little, he had a Honda CRV. Yeah. So we had the Integra. We'd go to Irwindale with the Integra on a fucking U-Haul dolly, bro. To go <laughs> drag racing, and it it was just memories, bro. I I will not trade for the world, bro. This fucking Lambos, this money means shit without that. Like, 
and Charlie's my boy, you know. I mean, yeah. granted of business, like it's it's, it's uh, business is tricky, man. Business definitely is very is. tricky. It's a scary thing, man. It's a scary thing, you know. It uh, it, it scares me, you know. I'm I, I I'm young, you know. I I got a lot going on for me. I feel like my business is is growing dramatically, and I gotta watch it very closely, you know. So. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that, uh, the, the growth of the business. Now, you just starting the business without really any any idea of where it was going to go, just throwing shit on the wall and seeing if it sticks and it fucking stuck. And then now moving from that onto Mitsubishi's and then from that, then you worked on the, the GTRs, if I'm not mistaken. Smally. And then from that, it went the Lambo. I remember the day that you bought the Lambo because... That clicked in my head. Yo, if Sheepy could get a fucking Lambo, I could get a fucking Lambo. Because Sheepy and I are in the same, we're, we're in the same world. It's not just some random dude that I saw on Instagram that I've had a conversation with. You're like showing the path to get to that. So that, that's, that's always stuck with me. Yeah. And you, you started doing the Lambo stuff and that blew up and the company i i've seen it grow over the last you know two three four years astronomically dude like what are your thoughts about that what are you are you afraid of where the business can go from now very uh it's scary because like if you look at like a, a graph it's fucking steep incline up yeah and it's scary. Most people are like, hell yeah, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm fucking going up. <laughs> Me, I'm like, holy shit, that is way too fast. Slow yeah, down. Yeah. You know, um, it, uh, it's like, I mean, last year I did uh, five and a half, six million sales. And I'm right this time, or what month are we in? Going into March, January, yeah. March. Close I'm up March. 80% in sales. Yeah. And then it's just like, whoa, chill, you know? Um, it's fucking very scary, Frank. Most people would be like pumped up, you know. I'm, I'm the shit. I'm the man. I'm fucking invincible. And yeah. me, I'm like, <gasps> back up. Well, if you think about it, if you think back to when the business first started and how you would like to go back to those times, it's naturally gonna be that in the future you you're told gonna me wish. Yeah, with this you, time that you come yeah. back to this time <laughs> right fuck, now, dude. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Excuse my language, guys. It's just like, it's fucking scary. It's a lot of responsibility. It's like, what the fuck, man? You know, it's a, I, I, fuck. That's all I can say is yeah. fuck. Like, it's a scary shit, bro. What is your end goal? Where do you see the, the, where do you see the business going? So the aggressive side of me, on top. Mm -hmm. The humble side of me, take it easy. Yeah. Now, if you want me to be honest with you i want to be at the top i want to be compared to ugr i want to be neck and neck with ugr i want to go to fucking race events and be going to finals with the ugr and it's it's not if it's it's not when it's it's going to happen aren't you already considered competition to them now yeah ugr is uh been doing this since 2005 kevin and uh, casey are great guys um they They've been doing this since 2005, back when you and I were barely fucking with Civics. Mm -hmm. So granted, their experience and their understanding with these vehicles, the platforms and the engine dynamics, et cetera, are much first superior than mine. I learned very quick. I mean, just like in 2012, I jumped in the big leagues and broke world records. I'm going to do the same fucking shit. You're not going to scare me. Yeah. You know, um, 
they hold the records. At the at, at this point, my I feel that my knowledge to go that fast is there. It all comes down to finances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very expensive sport um, to build a car to go 250 mile an hour and a half miles. About a million bucks mm-hmm. a car. Um, this year we will do that. We will go that this fast. year. This year, yeah. Um, so it all comes down to the financial expense of funding to a car at that point these cars become race cars you know you go to a race event you drop the engine you refresh it you you know you refresh the transmission they're not street cars these Mm -hmm. are full-blown race cars you have a million dollar race car going down the track that costs you half a million to seven hundred thousand dollars to just maintain a year Mm -hmm. so so what's the reasoning to want to do that you want to be at the the pinnacle of the the lamborghini community i want to be competitive the pinnacle is UGR. Okay. I'm not the pinnacle. UGR will be and always has been the pinnacle. Okay. There's no doubt about that. Don't try to take away from them. I've never tried to take away from them. I have my own niche. I have my own customer care. I have my own style of building turbo kits, my own style of doing things. And and, and at the end of the day, there's 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 not every customer is going to be comfortable with their way of doing things or my way of doing things. Every individual is different. So I, I happen to have a style of doing things. And if the individual is comfortable with going with me, here I am. Yeah. If not, there's huge. I get calls all the time. I want to build a 2,000 horsepower Lambo. I don't offer that. Well, why don't you? This is because I like to build the cars off my own funding and develop it, and I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Well, I'll send you a car. You can do it for me. I says, I'm good. Thank you. Go to UGR. They've built a handful of 2,000 horsepower Lambos. I send people to UGR every day. Now, do you guys have a, a relationship? I would say we do. Um, Kevin and Casey, here's the thing, bro. It's business. Yeah. In their position, they don't want to share their business. Right. I don't, I don't blame them. Yeah. In the position they've been in for fucking 15 years, they've been the top of the total pool. They still are. Um, it's UGR. I look up to them. I just bought their fucking hoodies. Like <laughs> it's sick. fucking UGR. Like, <laughs> yeah. The motherfuckers of the shit fucking country ass motherfuckers built some fast <laughs> shit. Yeah. You feel me? Um, a couple months ago, about four months ago, I, I kind of had a bump in the road of business. I had a, an issue that I, that, uh, kind of turned for the South for me. And, um, you want to know the funny shit? Yeah. When I woke up at six in the morning, guess who reached out to me to fix it? UGR. UGR. Kevin. I love it, bro. He sent me a message on Instagram. He said, give me a call. I love it. So I call him and I call him and he's taking his kids to school and, uh, I hear him in the background. Hey, have a good day. He's like, ah, Alex, listen. I know you're a good guy, Alex. I know you, you build nice shit, you know. He said, uh, I like what you do. I wish I had time to do what you do. Um, this shit happens, Alex. It happened to me. Um, tell me what happened. I told him what happened. All right, man. Don't worry, man. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. That guy goes in there publicly. Defended me. Hmm. Now, granted, and I say this very respectfully, Casey... And Kevin, if you guys are watching this, those are the guys that don't like competition on their plate. Those guys are, they built the fastest and baddest shit in the world. They could literally say fuck you to everybody. UGR, my man's like, they could say fuck you to everybody. It's fucking UGR. You don't fuck with them. I've always say, stay in your motherfucking lane. I stay in my lane. People bring up UGR like, yo, listen, they built the baddest and fastest shit. I respect them. I will always respect UGR. I understand motorsports. I understand development. I understand what it takes to do these things. And I respect them. You feel me? Just what I do. I don't build fucking 250 mile an hour half mile cars. I can build you a 210. 
You feel me? I'm gonna get there. Yeah. Give me some time, motherfucker. Give me let me earn my money. Let me let me put some money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. But I'll get there. Yeah. But I respect what they do. I love you feel it. me? And they know that I respect them. When they came to shift sector in California, I walked right up to them. How you doing? I'm Alex. Pleasure to meet you. If you guys need anything, I'm here to help. Whatever you guys need. I, I show respect where it's due. You feel me? And I'm going to think and assume that because of that, they respect me. And he, he messaged me and said, call me. And I called him and he gave me some advice. He went in there publicly defending me. Say, hey, give Alex a bit. Give him a call. Take care of this shit behind scenes. Yeah. UGR don't do that, bro. You feel me? Yeah. But I will forever respect Kevin and Casey. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I don't give a fuck how much shit you talk on. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Them, those fucking dudes forever got a place in my fucking place. Them dudes show up in Southern California, they got a problem. Take my fucking shop. Use any tool you fucking want. Even if you're racing against me to beat me, use my motherfucking shit. Because you dudes are fucking men. Yeah. You feel me? While every other motherfucker was sitting on the sideline talking shit, not fucking defending me. Those dudes, what's at the end of the day, I'm a conflict of interest. Yeah. I take out of their fucking money. Defend me. What the fuck's that tell you about the world, bro? You know what that tells me about the world? Bunch of fucking bitches, bro. Yeah. Straight up. The guys that I fucking, I legitimately, I'm taking money out of their fucking paycheck. That car behind you. That car could have gone to UGR. That car actually lives in North Carolina. But they came to me. But those guys are defending me. Why everybody else on the sideline talking shit. How'd that make you feel? About who? About just everybody not having your back. Fuck them. Fuck everybody. Fuck you. Like straight up. <laughs> it's all good. I ain't mad at you. Yeah. It's all good. You're envious ass motherfucker on the sideline trying to do what I do. Come at me, motherfucker. Let's go to battle. Let's go to war. Build the motherfucking car. Let's go to shift sector. Build the motherfucking Lambo. Let's go racing. Fuck you. Let's do it. Now you're bringing the Honda out of me. Let's bring the competitor <laughs> out of me. Fuck you. Yeah. That's what that brings out of me. I don't got no. Fuck you. Fuck you. But let me tell you about UGR. Good to see you. Yeah. You want my 10 millimeter wrench? Here you go. <laughs> Everybody else? Fuck you. How is the guy that builds the world's fastest Lambos comes up to bat while everybody else is on the sidelines to talk shit? Probably because they know what you go through. They do. And I got so much respect for them. I love it, dude. You know? I deal with Dallas performance. I got respect for them. But there's some, you know, this is what I just told you about. People don't know about. This is behind the scenes shit. And forever, I, I, text, I text Kevin on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I text Kevin on fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. You feel me? Yeah. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, bro. Those dudes right there, those dudes, good people. And granted, I'm stepping in their fucking field. I'm yeah. stepping in their ball game. They got the power to say, fuck you and push me out. But they don't because they know I stay in my lane. Yeah. They know I don't, I don't ever. I get calls all the time, bro. All the time. Go to UGR. You want, a two, you want, you want to build a twin turbo Aventador? I'll say no. Go to UGR. I don't fuck with those. Stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your motherfucking lane. So how long in business did you start noticing um, like conflict or issues when, when you started realizing that, wow, this, uh, this, this business is a little different than I thought it was going to be? <laughs> Since the beginning, bro. Really? Everybody wants your shoes. Everybody wants your shoes. I know you know what I'm talking about. People yeah. want our shoes, bro. They want them. They think it's easy. It's not easy. But at the end of the day, you got to remember why you do it. You got to remember who your friends, who your supporters, your family, 
your customers most importantly yeah right at the end of the day i always say as long as i can keep my customers happy i'm good yeah so let's get let's fast forward to when you got the lambo 2017 yep right mm-hmm Tell me about that, dude. How how long was that in the plans? What was it like getting the car? And and I'm impulsive. Yeah. I always knew that. I my goal was to build turbo kits for the top of the totem pole, and I knew that Lamborghini was it. So, 2017, I got a couple bucks in the bank, right? So, I'm searching around online. How much are Lamborghini Huracans? And I tell my guys, fuck. What if I buy a Lambo? Yeah, right, full. So I find one at uh, Dallas Lamborghini, a mm-hmm. white one. It was 210. And I messaged him, like, hey, can I apply for this? I just mm-hmm. want to apply for it. At the time, I did not understand business. So I, I showed $50,000 of income on paper for mm-hmm. myself. But the business showed over, you know, seven figures. And, uh, so yeah, go and apply for it. So I applied for it. So Alex, I can get you into this car. So I had a pretty, I had uh, 50, I, I had a number. I wanted to put $50,000 in the car. And I told him, I said, like, we'll see what you can do. I think it may happen. All right. Comes back. Yo, Alex, you do 75. I says, I think I do 75. I can do it. Alex, the bank came back. They want 90. <laughs> Fuck. I think you do 90. Ended up at 130. Wow. I had 140 in my account. <laughs> No fucking way. You're a business owner. Yeah. Right? So I put $130,000 down on a car and left myself with $10,000 <laughs> to run a business and pay a mortgage and pay employees. You're fucking nuts. I'm bro. stupid. Oh my God. I left myself with $10,000. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking of like, I have an opportunity. Yeah. Let's fucking ride. If I was single, I would probably just do that right now right yeah. right i had one kid though i oh, had only one yeah. so i was very reckless yeah now with three kids you're fucking stupid <laughs> if i don't got 300 grand in the bank i ain't fucking doing shit yeah you feel me yeah but i'm just like uh let's ride 10 g's fuck i'll make it right back <laughs> i fucking depleted my entire savings account yeah. i bought this car <laughs> one week later it shows up yeah i'm just like this is surreal right I fucking drive in all NA for a while, mm-hmm. three months, four months, finally turn apart, build a triple kit. Wow. Three years later, here I am. What did that mean to you when you bought that car? I don't know. I don't know. It didn't mean really. It was hype. Yeah. It was fun. It was surreal. But I left myself depleted for my view of business yeah i wanted to supply turbo kits for a v10 and at the top of the totem pole car and i I, as a businessman as you know you and i both at this point would never do that yeah i would never leave myself with 10 percent of my uh, savings to go do a move that's stupid yeah maybe 50 60 (laughs) percent but 10 percent like come on bro and i did 10 percent god and it was the best (laughs) and most riskful move i've ever done in my life wow i bet yeah i've built 50 of these cars yeah wow so when the business changed when that turbo kit was done i remember that was happening and i i just watching i'm like sheepy is fucking out of his mind what is he doing like how is he 
how did he go from this Hondas to doing these twin turbo Lambos? Like, this is crazy. I knew what your plan was all along when you got that car. I, I already knew that this that that's where you were going to develop. So when you went over into that um, that lane, how did business change? It didn't. It was a slow, slow, slow change. Um, to this day, Sport Compact still, still funds us a lot. I think in the past year, it's really changed dramatically. It all comes down to marketing perspective, mm -hmm. marketing approach. I mean, I've probably done 50 of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but now it, it definitely is a the bigger end of the income mm -hmm. of the business. Um, but it's all about perspective of marketing. I mean, I have a very strong marketing team yeah. of how we post things and how we do things. But um, what made you realize the value of marketing and social media and having a photographer here that's on, posting pictures all the time and taking pictures? All right. So what made me realize that marketing and, 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 and online perspective was so important was the internet moves fast. Yeah. Right? So, for example, you got the Kardashians, right? They do some shit. Hype. Yeah. Three days later, it's dead. The objective is to stay relevant, right? So, I realized that if you stay relevant and always be in the talks, regardless of whatever it is, it doesn't have to be big. The motive is to stay in people's talk. Yeah. Now, I know some people say, like, oh, um, bad publicity is good publicity. Fuck that. Like, yeah. I hate that shit. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah. But stay relevant, right? So I figured out that having somebody full-time to capture, people want to know you. People want to know me. People want to know that Alex only wears Vans. Alex eats Tapatio. Mm -hmm. Alex <laughs> loves Top Ramen. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Alex loves Captain and Coke. People feel a part of you when they know those things. You feel me? Yeah. Now, and I, and I think you can understand that. Yeah, hell yeah. So being relevant and having people feel a part of you is a very important thing for many aspects, whether it's the guy that is halfway through his career, about to land a six-figure job, buys a Lambo, sends it to you to Twin Turbo, versus the kid that gets 50 bucks from his mom that happens to be able to buy a hoodie from you, right? Yeah. Staying relevant, staying Staying relevant is very important. The internet is a very fast place. What was talked about yesterday is not talked about today. So in my views of marketing is being spoken about every day. That's going to cost you though. Mm -hmm. It's going to cost you to be spoken of. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost you. What that means is it's going to cost an employee to capture these things. I don't know if you follow my Instagram, my mm -hmm. stories. I, I have a gentleman by the name of Jonathan as my photographer. I don't even notice he's around. I'm working. He's taking pictures. Great pictures, dude. I, I love those candid ones. And I don't even notice he's there. I'm just yeah. working. And he goes and edits and uploads. And people feel a part of it. Yo, yesterday you were working on this car. Yesterday you are doing this. Yesterday you are doing that. You're relevant. You're yeah. relevant to the industry. Um, so marketing these days is, is, is number one. Talent is great. Hard work is greater. Mm -hmm. Hard work always beats talent. But when you got both, ain't nobody fucking with you. Yeah. You feel me? I'm not saying my guys are the best talented dudes. They're very, very, very talented individuals. There's better out there. But when you got talent and you got hard work, 
you ain't fucking with them and you ain't fucking with us mm-hmm. i hate to sound i don't mean to be cocky but i know i got a strong team behind me my team is there's nine of us ten of us and i've we're going into march i built 12 fucking twin turbo cars like uh, we we kill it and yeah. we still have a production line of hondas and evos and let's get on to that like i don't want people to, to think that we don't care about hondas and evos numbers that that is my heart just because we don't post about it doesn't mean we don't sell it if it's on my website i sell it if you want to go buy a universal intercooler a forward-facing honda intercooler a forward-facing evo kit we sell it if it's on my website we sell it now granted our delays are four to six weeks i'm sorry there's a reason behind that. It's all man-made items here in the United States, here in my little shop here in Marietta, California. So, you know, there, there's we don't have 50 of us. There's there's a handful of us that that, that there's many steps. So when when you want to buy our product, know that it's coming out of the shop, and it's gonna if it takes four weeks, it takes four weeks for a reason. You know, um, I still I I love my Honda and my Evo. Yeah, I I pick up the phone every day in technical questions and like, yo, I'm fucking tripping. I'm talking to you. I'm like, why? <laughs> That's what I do. I, I sell product to you. Like, this is what I'm here for. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah. So so when you find new employees, what are some things that you look for? I don't. I don't find new employees. No. Nope. They fall in. How does how does that happen? How do people get added to the team? Very rarely, bro. It's a very rare thing. I, I'm very meticulous about how I hire people. You know, the, the thing with my line of industry is like, I have a name. We have a style of doing things. You come in here and learn what we do in three months, leave and do it on your own. I have pretty strict contracts now. Um, uh, NDAs, I have NDNs and a lot of shit. So um, everything's kind of family ran mm-hmm. you know um all the big hitters here are people that have been with me since day one um i've hired like johnny which is my photographer i've hired uh, an intern reyes mm-hmm. that came in pushing a broom and he earned himself a job six weeks later my cousin is one of my techs um he's my cousin i'll i'll slap him if i have to <laughs> you know um alonzo um is my general manager Alonzo is a guy that essentially runs the whole show now. I don't really do much other than build cars, get creative. Alonzo is a guy that you're going to talk to when mm-hmm. you call. Alonzo is going to be the guy that you talk to when you have an issue. Alonzo is my general manager. I trust him with everything. Um, Alonzo is a very smart, sharp individual with marketing. He's the one that designs everything, hoodies, T-shirts. Um, like I say, he's general manager. He's my business partner now in my new business, which we open a barbershop. Lux. The, oh, the Lux. The Lux. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. So you say April? That's going to be coming out? Tell yeah, me about yeah, yeah. So my boy Nick, uh-huh. which has happened, the owner of Vane Stands. Yeah, is actually shout my out con- to Nick. Yeah, and he's the contractor that's building that out. Nick is, uh, for everybody that don't know, Nick is one of my best friends. Nick is and I are very tight. He's uh plays a big role in a lot of what i do you know um you're the second person that speaks very highly of him chris from uh vein engine stand speaks very highly of him and uh it's dope to have people around like that you know that that like that you can lean on well, i heard i, I, I didn't fucking like him at first yeah ah it's motherfucker it yeah. goes like that sometimes no he was uh it was in my old shop i'm in the back and someone says this guy here to see you I walk in my office, motherfuckers on on this couch, laid out like this. <laughs> like this. He's like this, like this. 
Right? And I walk, <laughs> I walk in my office, <laughs> and this fucking homie sitting on the chair says, This motherfucker lives on my couch. <laughs> this boy goes, We, we want to buy a turbo case. I says, All right. I said, For what? He said, For a Honda, you know, B series. I said, All right. And then uh, Nick's just laid there. Like, it's like this, bro. I says, Mother, who the fuck is this dude <laughs> laid out in my motherfucking office thinking he's a shit, right? <laughs> He says, yeah, we want to buy a B-Series Turbo. Okay, I says, all right. This is how much the price is. All right. And he goes, when do you want the money? An hour later. He says, this motherfucker acting all hard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he pays me. Yeah. Yeah. Leave. And at first, I was a little offended. Who the fuck is this dude <laughs> laid out on my couch? Yeah. the fuck this dude think he is? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Four years later, here we are. It's my me man's right, right here, right here, you know? man. Fuck yeah, you know, dude. but uh, I love it. It's funny, and everybody always says, "Who's that big dude always behind you?" I'm like, "That's the motherfucker that knock you out if you mouth out." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's uh, you know you meet a lot of great people yeah. as you're as you're going. Nick is a business, you know, acquaintance partner in a lot of shit that I do. Um, so yeah, Nick is doing our our, our barber shop, the Lux, our whole mentality behind the barbershop is to uh a higher end barbershop very fancy so it gives us an automotive taste where we have um y- you know automotive um on, uh, entrepreneurs that walk through get their haircuts we're gonna have a couple spots for exotic cars you see me there you see my people there you can take pictures you can hang out with us you feel me yeah the whole nine um so we're excited about that so we just got the keys for that yesterday oh no nice. so in 30 days 45 days grand opening uh, I'd like to build a whole franchise on that. Very cool, very cool. Um, so, you know, just uh, we have a big following. Uh-huh. So, you know, not and everybody could spend $60,000 to build a car for you, but if they could spend 30 bucks to go get a haircut, hang out with you, shit through shit. You, you ever go to a barbershop? Yeah, hell yeah. The barbershop. I love it. The feeling. Yeah, Shit I love talking, it. you know? So, you spend 30, 40 bucks, go to a barbershop, hang out with the. The sheepies, the, the 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 car guys, and 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 get to pick at some dudes and have a good time. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, right. I love it. For forty bucks, you go hang out and talk shit with me. The you price of me? the haircut just keeps going up, dog. Does it? <laughs> it jumped from thirty to forty, dude. Fifty, my man. <laughs> <laughs> but for for that kind of money, you hang out. We shit talk. We we bullshit. We act like men. We 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 normal it. Yeah. You ask me anything you want. You feel me? So the barbershop, I feel the barbershop style of, of comfort is something that I feel that every man should be able to comfort. I, I've been going to the same haircut guy for 15 years in Paris. And I go to the hood, bro. I, I go to the hood hood to get a haircut. Yeah. And I walk in. Everybody knows me. You know, I, I, I do I have some luxuries? Yeah, I park. I don't wait. I walk right in and I sit down. But everybody knows. Yo, what's up, Shibi? How you doing? What's up, my man? I buy everybody lunch. We shit talk. They talk shit on me. I talk shit on them. Yeah. But it's the barbershop. You feel me? Yeah, hell yeah. So I'm going to bring that environment, that lifestyle, that the car lifestyle, everything to my place. There you go, man. You feel me? I love it. So, yeah, we're doing that right now. In 45 days, we'll have that up and popping. Now, how far is that from here? One mile. Really? We have to see. Oh, dude, that's rad, Yeah, bro. so, you know, um, we'll be going up and uh, down, you know, up and down the street. Uh, same marketing style, the same pictures, the same everything, you know. So. Are you looking for um, barbers now? We have everything covered. So th- um, three to four of my barbers that I've known for 15 years from the hood are going to come up. Cool, cool. You know, cool. I'm bringing some people from my hood. 
uh, some locals and, and stuff like that. So the, the whole strategy is that I, I don't need barbers with a big following. I, and I say this very humbly. With our following and our marketing strategies, I can make any barber good. Yeah. You feel me? I'm going to make that place packed because everybody wants to know when the sheepy staff's rolling through. You feel me? That place, I'll have it packed 24-7, right? Because it, it all comes down to marketing, as mm -hmm. you know, right? With all due respect, you sell bolts, right? How much of that is equivalent to marketing? I mean, a, a lot of it a lot has of it. to do with it. Right. You know? So it, moral of the subject is that marketing is going to make that barbershop pop. Yeah. So I'm going to make whoever's fucking cutting hair, I'm going to make you famous. Feel me? Yeah. So, and, and that, that's what it all comes down to. So Very dope, man. Mm -hmm. So what's the Instagram for the barbershop? It's called The Lux. With L-U-X-X, correct? T-H-E-L-U-X-X. Barbershop. Check it out, guys. Check it out. If you come married to area, come get a fade. You feel me? You might catch me there, one of my peeps, whatever. You know, we're going to have the whole night. It's going to be a dope environment, bro. We're going to serve wine for 21 and over, you know, individuals. It's going to be dope. Just dope. Hang out. Talk shit. You know, you come in there, you catch me there. Just just be human. You just talk shit. I'm going to talk shit with you. You know, it's just as normal as, you know, the moral of the story is that... We get too caught up with making money. Let's live a little. You yeah. Feel me? Let's hang out. Let's get some haircuts. Let's shit talk. Shit talk on me. I don't give a fuck. Do you yeah. feel like people look at you in a certain way that you feel like you're not humanized anymore? Yes. All the time. I hate it. It bothers me. It really does bother me because I always tell people I bleed red. Yeah. I was at Irwindale the other night. We roll up. You know, my general manager drives a brand new AMG Benz, you know, and we roll up. I get out plug into the hurricane a couple of days like yo she will i'm surprised to see you here i'm like <laughs> why yeah why i'm a normalized dude like you homie and uh it's a, it's a pros and cons i don't i don't knock it i i, I value that i'm seen to that extent but fuck man I'm human. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. The same stresses you have, I feel the same thing. When you feel sad, I feel sad. Um, the days that you don't have motivation to get up, to go do something, so do I. You know? Yeah. And, and it, it, it bothers me that sometimes people think too high of me. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to think like that of me. I want you to understand that I am just like you. I have the same struggles as you. I hurt like you. I, 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 I feel like you. I, I, I get down like you. You feel me? And, and that's what bothers me. And, that, and that, when I get out of my cars, I go to the gyms. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I went to the gym. And uh, I was in one of the cars, a Lambo or something. And I get out, and there's these three kids. And uh, one of them was quiet. One of them was respectful. And one was very loud. And I said, yo, the young one, and excuse my language, kids, was like, yo, getting them off, you dope car, getting them this and this and that. And I was just looking at them, like, this fucking kid's like 15 talking that way. like. And then one of them was like, oh, how you doing? Nice to meet you. And the other one was like, oh, I follow you. You do good work. I said, thanks, man. I said, cool, cool, cool. He was like, getting them off, can I take a picture with your car, yada, yada. I said, yo, kid, go, by all means, go ahead. You know, and so he's talking very stupid. Yeah. And then, uh, Okay, what are you doing in this hood? Why is someone like you in this car? 
I said, yo, I'm from this area, bro. Like, what do you mean? I'm I'm from Paris. This mm-hmm. is where I, my this is my home. Word, word is talking stupid. And then his friend's like, yo, listen to him. He's saying he lives around here. And then uh, he's like, can I, can I take a picture with your car? Like, Go ahead, kid. Yeah. So I get out of the driver's seat, and I see him take a hit of vape yeah. from his homie. And I said, uh, what is that? He's like, oh, it's family. You think that's cool? I told him. You think yeah. that's cool? All you know is like, I said, that ain't cool. Yeah. I said, you understand how much damage that causes to you? I said, I ain't your parent. I ain't nobody. Everything you do, I've done. I've smoked weed. I've stuck out. I've done everything you've done. I'm going to tell you something right now. You ain't going to do shit continuing down that road, kid. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking to his buddies. Like, yo, listen to him. He's giving you advice. I said, I know you hear it from your parent. You think you're cool? That shit ain't cool, bro. That vaping and all that shit. That shit ain't cool, kid. Ain't nothing cool about that. So you don't have to listen to me. I'm nobody to you. But if you want the shit that I have, you want to do what I have, doing that shit ain't going to get you there. Yeah. And he fucking stood quiet. So take it for whatever the fuck you want, kid. But acting the way you act, doing the things you do, are not going to end you where I'm at. And he stood quiet. And his friend said, thank you. And I walked away. I walked in the gym. But you should have seen this kid. He's ruffled up, talking. And he's badly. You ain't going to do nothing. You think you're cool smoking that? I ain't cool. Yeah. I've done it all. I've smoked weed. I still sm- I still smoke before I go to bed, you know? I mean, it's legal in California, but acting that way and, and, and there's a time and place for everything. Definitely. You feel me? Yeah. And and acting that way does not make you cool. You understand? You're not cool. Ain't nothing cool about it. You know? Yeah. And 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 I had to snap that sense into him. Yeah. And so I, I so more of, the, of what you're asking me, it's a, it's a it's a catch 22 it's good and it's bad when i'm with my kids i'm trying to have a good time i go to you know bj's i'm holding my kids i'm hugging and some fucking kid walks up to me he's like yo i'm a big fan like yo thank you but i'm with my kids uh, come on bro time and place you feel me if i'm by myself yo what's up i'll take a picture with you yeah. whatever i get all every day of my life i walk in starbucks i get it i go to drive through starbucks the kid that works at starbucks oh my god free coffee bro i get it every day <laughs> oh shit every fucking day yeah and, 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 and i'm not knocking it I'm, I'm grateful I'm, I'm glad that i have an impact in individual's life but don't forget motherfuckers i'm human just like you yeah you know i bleed red i got i got problems just like you guys bro i got stress i got i got baby mama drama i got you know i got the whole nine and more yeah um i've uh i remember at the end of close to the end of last year you were going through a lot of human moments and emotions and dealing with things in the public with um you know the change of staff and things like that and um i remember seeing you at sema and i was like yo what up alex and then you seen that was me oh what's up frank and like i could see it in your eyes bro I, i could see it that you were going through some shit because like i've had that same look in my eyes before you know and i never really had many people you're probably talking less than five to just stop me and be like yo bro how are you doing you all right like how do you feel right now and we had that talk you know fuck the cars fuck the lambos turbo kits and shit like that like when i seen you there and 
I was like, damn, I, I hope you're doing good, dude. I remember texting you and stuff because like over all of this, you're, you're still human, you know? Yeah. Shit's rough, dude. It's, it's rough. It's business. Business isn't, isn't you know, the, the, people do not understand what people like me go through, man. It's a, uh, it's hard. Um, you triggered a fucking emotional spot. My bad. Um, um, here, here's the thing. This is about, it's about talking. About uh, here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm human, bro. I got a lot of emotion. I feel a lot. You triggered a spot that's probably I've had. I've had two very negative times in my life. Let's talk about the first one. The first one was my mom when she was in an accident when I was 15. The second one was last year during SEMA. Now I'm not gonna play a pity trip. You understand? Yeah. Because at the end of the day. You build your own mistakes. I am in control of my own mistakes. A lot of that had to do with my own control. Um, don't ever feel like you're invincible. I felt like I was invincible. I felt that I was on top of the world. I was doing this. I was doing that. <sighs> then you make your personal life, and it just comes to the point that it just crashes. At that point, you have two options. You fail. Or you learn and you get the fuck back up. I learned and I got the fuck back up. I got the fuck back up harder than I ever have. People don't know what I've gone through in the past five months. Emotionally, mentally. The most depressing I've ever been in my life. Now this is not some fucking pity fucking feel me, feel sorry for Alex. No, fuck no. Yeah. This is, I feel what people like you've gone through. People like me go through it too. You know, um, and I had two options. Option one, be a bitch and get the fuck out. Option two, grab your fucking balls and get the shit right. There was no option one. There was option two. And uh, it was hard. It's so hard. Um, It hurts. Uh, it's a self-esteem as me. Uh, it's really hurt me. Um, my views. Uh, my character. But it's good. Because you need things like that to happen. You need to understand that you're not invincible. You get it? Yeah, definitely. A bank account with zero, 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 zero at the end of it does not make you invincible. Yeah. You know? Um, that only makes you weaker. Because it makes you live a life that you, uh, it's not real. You know? Um, so what you saw at SEMA was me on the downslope. And it got bad. And it got bad for the better. It got bad for... And I hate to get religious on everybody. Um, God has his way of working. You understand? Yeah. 
there's no pity in life. There's no bullshit in life. There's no, I did poor me. Everyone's against me. You know, it's what the fuck did you do wrong? Why is God slapping you around? Yeah. You get it? Yeah. So my whole scenario was, why is God slapping me around? And I learned why God was slapping me around. And now in business, I'm better than I've ever been. I've built more cars. I'm more clear minded. I have a phenomenal staff. I mean, we build two, two and a half of these cars a week. We ship these kits all over the world. We're just on top of it. So it was a restructure. We re, re to resharpen my angle of business. But the fucked up part behind all this is that I still feel that low. Yeah. I still feel abused. I still feel that I'm not doing enough. But I'm still working at this point, which is good. Which is good because... I, 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 financially, I'm in the much better spot than I've ever been in my life. Yet I feel that I'm in the much worse spot than I've ever been in my life. It's kind of weird, right? Mm. So if you look at, if I look at on numbers on a book, I'm like, you know, you, oh man, you've never been this good in 15 years. But as an emotional heart, as a male individual, I feel so like I'm failing. Yeah. But on paper, I'm like, you're succeeding. And I have to remind myself, like, hey, Alex. Business-wise, paper-wise, factual-wise, you're fucking better than you ever have been in life. But as a human, I, I feel like I'm failing still because I have so much emotional scarring of stabbing that I'm still healing. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm healing every day. It's okay. I don't hold grudges. I don't regret. I don't, I don't, I don't pinpoint at nobody. It's okay because at the end of the day, those are my own faults. As a human, you must understand your own faults. And if you do not recognize your own faults day in and day out, you're going to fail. Yeah. God gave me a second chance. Either you fucking fail or you pick your shit up and understand your faults. You understand? And I understand my faults. I know my faults. Every day when I wake up, I know my faults. And that's what I st stick to. I stick to my faults. Like, don't do that. Do, do, do this, do this, do that, do that. And, and financially, it's growing, growing, growing. It's like, that's not enough. Keep doing this. You know? Yeah. Financially, the business and me, I uh, have zero worries. <laughs> I could shut down shop for fucking five years. I'm okay. Yeah. But as an emotional male, I feel like I have nothing. I feel like I was 15 again. My mom was in her accident and I had a trash bag full of clothes. That's how I feel right now. And it's okay to feel that way because that's what makes you stronger. It makes you better. It makes you fucking sharpen every angle of your business. It makes you sharpen your team. It makes you sharpen your friends. It makes you sharpen who you are as a dad, as an individual. And I'd rather fucking have that than me feel like an arrogant fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Because being arrogant, feeling like you're on top of the world does not make you a better person. It makes you think less of people. It makes people think less of you. When in reality, that's not what we're trying to put out. You know? Yeah. So I'd rather feel this low, you know, and trying to always sculpture myself sculpture who i am versus i'm the shit i build this i build that oh fuck that nobody gives a fuck feel me yeah i i definitely do man like when you we go through dark times it's hard but those are the times that you learn like the biggest lessons you know and if you're a person who self-evaluates and you're very critical of, of yourself and um you don't pass the blame on to anybody there's a lot of value in that you know, I, I tell people a lot, like w when something happens, say in business, something happens and UPS loses a package, right? right? I'm not going to pass the blame on to them you. and have my customer lose out 
and oh you got to deal with it with them i'm gonna take accountability for it because you wouldn't be in this situation if i didn't decide to choose ups with ups but if i would have handled that a different way then we wouldn't be where we are today so i like i i try to take accountability for everything that i can even even when things are plain and simple not my fault because why i feel that's a selfish reason to do that because i want that lesson i don't want you to learn that lesson you want it. i want that lesson yeah. because every single lesson that i learn in life it has only bettered me nothing has ever taken me out and i had to quit after that every single lesson that i've learned even the reason why we're doing the podcast is because of reasons of lessons that i life learned. is a lesson bro Life is a lesson, you know. Um, I don't. I just. I don't know. I, I. 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 It really bothers me sometimes. Like, oh, you build Lambos, must be nice. It's like, bro. <laughs> you don't even know what I gotta deal with every day. Like, I did choose this. I did choose all of this. Yeah. I live it. But it did not come easy. It came with hard work. It came with daily struggles that I still deal with every day. Don't think because you see my marketing team fucking posting pictures of us working on cars and happy doesn't mean we don't struggle. We all struggle. Just like you struggle, we struggle. I struggle every day. That's me being honest. There's no fucking pity trip. It's me being human. Yeah. I'm not human often. I'm a fucking very closed bubble. Yeah. Nick, yo, what are you doing? Let's go out and have a drink. Oh, I'm busy. I'll hit you up next week. But it's like him and I go out. He understands me. I understand him. Like, we're not able to be human. I mean, he just told me today, like, how people tell him, like, oh, you think you're on a whole nother level because you're hanging out with Sheepy. <laughs> and he's like, Sheepy's the normalized dude like you. That motherfucker works harder than you. Like, yeah. he's a normal dude. I And I am. I'll give the shirt off my back to you. If you come with me to lunch, if you come with me to dinner, I'm going to pay your tab. Because I, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. If, you, if, if I'm going to have a drink, I'm going to buy you a drink. You feel me? If I'm going to go to a boxing fight and I'm, I'm going to pay for your ring. That's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. I don't like people feeling uncomfortable. So how the fuck are you going to judge me when you don't fucking know me? Yeah. You feel me? It's just like, that's why I don't have very many good friendship relationships with people like Nick's being one of them, right? Um, people don't get us. Now, when you were going through these times, did you have a lot of people to, to reach out to check on you, like your mental state of things? I got a handful of people. Um, you know, once again, I don't mean to get too religious. I'm not too much of a religious person. I, I, I was raised, you know, Mexican descent or Catholics. My mom went Jehovah's Witness. Um, I was baptized Mormon, and then I went Christian. Um, but there is a God, and uh, I strongly believe that, you know. Um, I'm a sinner. I'm a hypocrite, but... Uh, there's definitely a God during these times. Um, believe it or not, my customers, man. I bet. Oh, get me sane. Yeah. Two of them. A guy named Yusuf from uh, Texas shipped this fucking hurricane to me. Never met him. Never nothing. And, uh,. During all that time, he called me. He says, Alex, I believe in you, bro. 
I got you, bro. Whatever you need. He call me and check on me every day. And then, uh, Moshi, local guy, he was probably my number one. If it wasn't for him, I can't tell you what probably could have happened. I feel you, Doug. You know, as a human, mental, I, I, I'll tell you this. The brain as a human is such a strong thing. And this is me just being open. Like, the, the, fuck the name, fuck the brand. Like, the mental state as a human is a brain. It, it, the brain is such a powerful thing. You have no idea. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been there. But the brain, like, I, I'm, I'm a very outgoing dude. You know me. I'm fucking always getting it. But for the first time in my life, my brain fucking was like, I'm done. And if it wasn't for Moshi and Yusuf, I don't know. I can't tell you. But those two individuals right there, Moshi, there's Tommy. He taught me something. He says, win the day. Win the day. Yeah. I'd wake up and I'd be fucking depressed and sad because the world is attacking me. And yet I've made 8,000 plus customers happy and something went bad. And Moshi's just, win the day, Baba. Win the day, Baba get up and just fucking kill it and just do the best that I can and at 8 o'clock did you win the day? I won the day but oh, if it yeah. wasn't for those two dudes bro I mean multiple other people too right I mean the Knicks and everybody else but Moshi was a big impact Moshi was the, taught me to win the day um, uh, I'm telling you everything's a learning experience yeah. things like that happen it teaches you who's in your corner Bro, all my customers. I mean, fucking, it made me customers. It brought me customers. Like, yo, we saw how you handle things. We want to deal with people like you. Yeah. You know, but my customers were definitely the backbone. Yeah. To keeping me going. Good, man. Like, uh, my customers were definitely, my. they're my friends. I shouldn't even call them customers. They're my fucking friends. Like, those guys is definitely, like, kept me fucking, you know, the internet is a is a good and a bad place. It's good because you could you can market yourself, but it's bad because, you know, as you know, in our industry, you hear one bad thing and it gets carried away to different things and people and people don't even know what they're talking, right? But my customers are very wise individuals. I mean, they do well clearly to afford these cars, uh, but they 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 they're wise and they many. I mean, I could say probably seven of them called me and had heart to hearts like, "Yo, Alex." You're all right, bro. It's going to be all right. You're good. You know, and uh, um, it's taught me a lot. I love it, man. It's um, whatever the situation was, whatever happened, anything, everybody's on their own path in life. Whether people thought that they were doing the right thing or it was best for them whether you feel like you could have done different things or what have you, you know, we're all on our own path in life. We're, we're all just trying to figure this shit out, you know, but like the human side of it, I, I put myself in your situation, not putting blame on anybody, not saying fuck that guy, fuck them, but just saying like, yo, this is what Alex is going through right now. And I, I even give my wife credit to it too. Cause she was with me when we saw you at SEMA. And it was maybe a few days later or something. And we were talking about you. And she's like, you know, you should just text them. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because you, know, you need like a, a, a strong woman around 
with you to, to, to help you understand these kind of things. She was like, you know what, when you were going through things, like you remember how many people that you thought would hit you up didn't, you know, I'm sure that that's what Alex is going through right now, you know, and it's just after you go through things like that and after you have the everybody trying to pick apart your character and, oh, they did this to me back in the day or what have you, you realize like, fuck, dude, this this feels shitty, bro. And everybody that I thought that was on my side, everybody that's ever said like, fucking Alex, you're my bro, dude. You buy him drinks, you're fucking going out partying, you know? Like you say, you're a generous guy, you're having a great time, but when you're in that dark ass spot, bro, when everything's going bad for you and people like that don't reach out and then you see like a like on a picture or on a comment or you see them say like a ha ha or something like that. Like shit fucking stings, bro. It's It does. It's funny because I, I thought you knew what was going on and like and that multiple times and a handful of times you text me like, Hey bro, hope you're doing all right, BB, I'm there, whatever you need. No. And 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 like I thought you knew and then like when you <laughs> came to my shop two weeks ago, like, uh maybe definitely algorithm. I don't know what's going on, but I was just reaching out to you. I'm like that goes to show you, bro. Like, and I'm, and, and it makes me feel good to hear that. Like, you got a phenomenal wife, bro. Thank you. You know, I don't, I don't know her. I've shook her hand twice, but for her to say, "Hey, reach out to Alex," like, that's the shit that matters. Yeah. And here I am thinking, you know what the fuck's going on? Yet you're texting me like, "Yo, bro, keep your head up, brother. I hope you're good." Yeah. And you don't even know what the fuck's going. On. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That goes to show you character is you. You. You bad motherfucker. Thank you, bro. Your wife. Great people. Thank you, man. You know, stake on me next time, you know, but <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those things where, uh, fuck, bro. You just feel yeah. humans, you know, and uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a fucking strong motherfucker mentally, bro. You, uh, it's hard to bring me down. I mean, that that was, I like, I don't take it as a pity. It was all learning. I've lowered the fuck up. My NDAs are strict. My contracts are strict. I got a whole firm behind. I got more fucking attorneys behind me than you could ever think about now you know but i had to like yeah. you know it's like who spends 10 grand on attorneys a month i do i don't i don't give a fuck because at the end of the day fuck you i gotta protect me and my kids you know yeah um but uh you know it's it's uh one of those things that I, things happen for a reason i'm glad that they happened when they did um and it's all good baby hell yeah dude you know maybe you being in a different mind state made you take that conversation from your son in, in a different light and make it think like, you know, I have to be in a more human moment right now, rather than say like, you're not cutting your hair because no, 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 no. Pops, you know, it's just baby boys is always going to cut his hair. It's just, it's just, you know, my, my baby boys don't, don't, you know, to me, I'm just daddy. You know, they don't give a fuck about, it. they come yeah. in here. My oldest is like, daddy, why do you make cars faster? It's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, pay your fucking bills, kid. You know, they they don't like it. They don't like loud. Yeah. They, they come in here like earlier. They cover the ears and start crying. The moment they hear cars, <laughs> they start crying. They like, go inside the office. Like they hate loud cars. They hate anything fast. You know, it's just like, and they're older kids. Like kids that when I was here at their age, I was fucking love cars, and they fucking hate them. It's like, dude, you got it going on, kid. You know, yeah. um, you know. Yeah. It's just being human, brother. You yeah. know, 
Um, uh, I, I've learned a lot. I've done. I've gone through. And I'm only 34. I'm gonna go through a lot more in life. Yeah. You feel me? But I'm glad that I that I went through when I did. Um, and and I have no regrets. You know. Um, it's a scary thing. Being a business owner is a very 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 scary thing. You know, you got insurances. You got. I have 10 mouths I have to feed and they have kids and you have 401ks, you have health insurance, you got workman's comp, you have vacations, you have, I mean, it, 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 uh, that's a scary thing. Yeah, you know? it's a lot of weight to carry, man. It's a ton of weight, you know? Sometimes I wish, I, I mean, I could go back to just making 500 bucks a week and not worry about a goddamn thing. Yeah, sometimes I wish I could just be out skating with Christian. You feel me? And Ash would be our mom. And I'll be like, <laughs> hey, can you go drop us off? You know, for but like it, 10 hours? it don't work that way. I wake <laughs> yeah. up, I got kids on me that rely on me. That's just like, fuck. Yeah. It's a fucking heavy weight, bro. So let's switch the subject to something a little more Talk to me. happier, dude. Um, oh, this is all happy. This is all good shit. Yeah. This is all reality. It is. This sometimes re- reality is not that happy, though. But hiding it's not good either. No, it's not. And that's why I'm really, really glad that that you're being open with no, this yeah, conversation. I have nothing to hide, bro. It's, because it's, you got to be open about this shit. Definitely. You know, most motherfuckers think that people in my perspective live this perfect fucking lifestyle happy. Fuck that. I'm shooting it right. I'm probably one of the only few dudes that will tell you how it is. You know? Yeah. I have nothing to hide. And don't feel bad for me. Don't. There's no pity. I chose my road. Yeah. You know, just know that use me as an example that when you feel what I feel, it's normal. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Hell yeah. I hope you use me as a motivation. When you want to start your own business, you want to do something like, I do felt that way. I do has gone through that. People like, get the fuck up and do it. Feel me? Yeah. But anyway, such a subject. So you named your son Cobain. Cobain. You have a legit ass tat of Kurt Cobain on your arm. That's <laughs> sick, dude. Yeah. What does that mean to you? What does Kurt Cobain mean to you? So remember how I told you guys how my mom was accidents when I was 16 and I lived alone. Um, and if I don't know if you guys listen to Nirvana, Under a Bridge mm-hmm. and songs like that, he was homeless at a young age. So I related a lot to his music when I was young. And that's why I'm so influenced by his music, his lifestyle. Yeah. I actually almost bought the house that he was raised in. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Where was that at? Uh, Aberdeen, Washington. What the so hell? Check this out though. They wanted 300 grand for his house and the house next door was 50,000. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. I'm not paying 300 grand for that shit. You should have bought the 50,000 when they be I like, almost did. Cobain's neighbor. <laughs> you, right? But they wanted 300 G's for that shit. Like, fuck you. I'm not paying 300 G's for that shit. You know? But uh, yeah, that's the relationship. Uh, Kurt's music, big, big relation. So I have this thing with music. I'm a big music fan. Um, my middle one's name is Kennedy after that dude. There you go. Uh, his middle name is Bradley after leasing of Sublime. Big Sublime fan. Bradley knows. Yeah, rest and in the, peace. Yep, and then my third child's name is Hendrix. Wow, yeah. damn! So music is a big part of your Huge. life. Huge. So big. tell me about it, bro. What are you listening to? Uh, depends on the day. Yeah, I'm a big music fan though. Like I should have been a musician type shit. Really? That's how big of a mu- music fan I am. Huge musician. I mean, I have fucking musicians all over me, right? But um. So yeah. besides them, give me some other names. What you're listening to? I mean, right now, I'm big on like uh spanish music you know so uh i i listen to a lot of spanish music i'm very proud mexican uh so i mean yeah i listen to everything so nice you ever go to concerts no i hire them to come to me (laughs) i mean a concert concert 
I'm being serious. I hired them to come. Like who? Uh, so there's this group right now that's pretty dope uh, in Spanish that I listen to. Um, they're locals and they're up and coming. They're pretty fucking. They're pretty known. Um, Fuerza Reina. Oh, if you know them. Mm. I don't even know what you just said or no. Fuerza Reina. Yeah. Yeah. They're very famous. Pretty fucking famous worldwide. They're from IE area. But uh, I hired them to do a private party for us. We had the shop, actually. So it'll be a hand group of people. They're going to fucking sit there with their music, you know, instruments and sing for us. Um, I'm a big, big, big music. My dad's actually a music engineer. Mm. My dad has a degree in music stuff. He owns a music studio and does a lot of shit. So kind of runs in the blood. So that's dope man. Yeah, yeah yeah so when you're when you're whipping the twin turbo hurricane i'm always listen listening to spanish music really all the time you know every time you post something on your story you are listening to spanish so it's always time. like something like this <laughs> <laughs> like like some shit like this uh, like this the shit. trumpet shit this is what i listen to every day you know what this reminds me yeah. of is uh the the swap meets dude for real yeah I don't want to get claimed, dog, because if you uh, play it on it, it'll take it off. I know, but, I know. So I just um, it. So anyways, that, that's but, the kind of shit I listen to. Yeah, so like at the swap meets back in Oxnard, they would have it <laughs> at the college. I mean, in the parking lot, yeah, they would yeah. have the swap meets, and that's blaring everywhere. And, you know, I'm not fluent in Spanish, Do you and speak I it? know like 17 words in Spanish. No, you don't speak Spanish? I know enough. You're a bootleg ass paisano. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, bad. <laughs> I'm over here I'm talking a, Spanish to you like you knew and shit. I'm a rep, dude. Oh, I'm bad. a replica. You know I speak Spanish, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, and I'm big, I'm big, proud fucking Mexican, bro. I'm, I'm always wearing like some Mexican sort of me. Here's the thing, bro. Our my parents came here to better my life. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, to better the life, and I'm very proud of that. N now, granted, I'm a proud American. I'm proud to live in America. Just had lunch, Nick and I. We're talking to this lady, and, and we got. She overheard how much I pay on certain things. You pay this much? I said, Yeah. That's stupid. I says, Why it's stupid? I live in a great country. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing fucking free. You feel me? Yeah, I pay X amount in taxes a year. But I live in a country that gives me the ability. When the moment we're done, I'm going to walk out of here, walk in my fucking car, and safely drive home. Not worry about a motherfucker shooting me, killing me, tanks driving down the road. Yeah. That's what you call tax dollars well spent. Now, everybody has their opinion. You feel me? My opinion is that I live in a great country. A country that... How many countries can you be legitimately homeless... Right? Mm -hmm. Not have nothing and have a business that's profitable. Yeah. From nothing to something. Name them. Oh, wait. Yeah. That's why everybody comes here. America. Now, granted, taxes are high. Things happen. You got to pay. You understand? And I'm not knocking that. I'm, my family's from Mexico. I'm American descent. I'm, you know, Mexican child. I'm Republican. I, I, I vote for things that, you know, and I hate to get into politics, that, that favor businesses in my country. I love my country. I love the ability that my country gives me. Yeah. You understand? That does not mean I'm not, uh, you know, proud of where I come from. You, you, you get it? There's not very many places in the world that you could do that. Yeah. And people take that shit for granted. And I don't mean to get in this fucking political battle. Nor do I give a fuck to hear about your opinion. Yeah. I'm just telling you my opinion. You feel me? There's not very many countries that your parents could come here, have nothing, and you do something. You understand? Yeah. And, and I'm proud of that stuff. Beyond proud of being an American Mexican.
So I'm always wearing some Mexican themed hats, some Mexican something, and I'm proud of it. And, and a lot of my following is proud. I'm, yo, it's dope to see a Latino do something. Absolutely, you could do it too. Yeah. Hard work, dedication. And hard work and dedication and discipline in this country gets you anything. Anything. Mark my words. Yeah, no, you're definitely right, dude. Right? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's how I see things. So, so how, do you, how does your family feel about your success that you have? I don't know. I'll talk to them. Really? Yeah. Who do you keep in contact with? Anybody? or <sighs> Just my sister. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. That's kind of rough, dude. It is. Is that something that you want to fix or just is it, it is what it is? I don't give a fuck, dude. After my brother died, I don't, I don't really care. My brother died 4th of July weekend last year and I went back home. I was a guy that, you know, like I told you guys, I packed up and came to California to pursue my dream. And I went back home. You know, when he was in the coma and all that shit. And my whole family looked at me a certain way. They looked at me the same way they looked at me 15 years ago. Like I was some piece of shit dropout high school guy. Hmm. I mean, for God's sakes, I think my grandma even referred to me like, oh, you want to be like Alex, not drop out of high school, not do something in your life. He, she told my cousin. It's just like, you know, nothing to prove to them, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think really give a fuck. Just because you're blood related doesn't make you fucking obligated to I fucking, feel you. you know? Yeah. So I, to answer that question, I really don't give a two fucking shit. You know, I stay in my lane. I worry about my kids. I worry about my friends that care for me. And just because I'm blood related to you doesn't mean shit to me. You know, my blood related family thinks I'm the probably the biggest pile of shit in the world. <laughs> it's all good though. I mean, yeah, I'm really not. You've you've changed the trajectory of where your life was supposed to go and and your bloodline, and now your children are going to have so much more than you had, not only financially, but, you know, loving wise right, but as well. What's the point of trying to prove people otherwise? Yeah. Man? You can't fix stupid, homie. Yeah, I feel Straight you. Straight up. You can't fix stupid. Let me tell you something. Common sense ain't so common no more, homie. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. It ain't so common. Why try to make it common? Just let them think what they want. Do your thing. You shut the fuck up. Yeah. And move on. You feel me? So with all the success with the business, the money and all that, what do you do for fun? What brings you <laughs> fun? Going drinking with Nick. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Uh, fuck, man. Do I have fun anymore? Fuck. I go to the gym. I'm a gym head. I mean, I put on like 20 pounds. I'm a little fat right now, but I, tur- I turned into a big gym head. I got real big. I got real fat and I lost a lot of weight. Got big into the gym. Um... I'm a family guy, dude. Just me, my kids, my boys. I got three sons, three beautiful sons that I'm very, very, very proud of. You know, I'm a proud dad. Um, my handful of friends that when we do have time to go out, like Nick and I today, we went, had lunch, had some drinks, you know, but uh, that's my fun. You know, my family and my close friends. Yeah. Other than that, nah, I don't got time for nothing else, you know, so. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. It's crazy that you have to go through so much shit to just realize like that the things that don't cost anything are the most important bro i'm telling you the 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 things that don't cost are probably the best things you'll ever 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 have in your life no you're definitely right yeah man um but i'm um i'm at a good place in life bro i mean uh 
you know, Alex is an individual, Alex is the owner of Sheepy, um, mentally, uh, good place. I just, I don't want anybody to take what I've had to say for pity. I don't want pity. I don't want nothing. I just want you guys to understand that, um, people like myself go through things as well. Don't feel like you guys are the only ones, you know, um, it's, it's, it's called being human. Yeah. Being human, being sinners, you know, um, and, uh, well, this is definitely a side that I don't think a lot of people have seen. And it was really good to sit here and talk with you and hear about what you got going on, man. You know, I see you online. I'll see you, you know, once or twice a year at a show or something like that. But that's basically it, you know, and it, it's good to hear, like, how you're dealing with with all of this that comes with it, you know? You know, it takes a good team. I have a, a phenomenal team. Like, my general manager, Alonzo, if I spoke about him, Alonzo, I've kind of given him, like, the... What do they call that when you give him the... The, the, yeah, yeah, the, the torch? The torch. Yeah. Alonzo runs the whole show, right? Um, I don't do nothing other than build the cars. I seal the deals. I talk to customers vaguely. But Alonzo runs the whole show. Alonzo is my business partner in the barbershop. Um, young guy, very smart, talented individual, and I trust him. I'm all about trust. Um, but uh, it's all about having the right people on your team. Let me tell you something, bro. Like, if you do not have the right people on your team, I don't give a fuck how good you are, how good you could sell a boat, how good you could source a boat. You ain't shit without your team. Like, and I learned that in the past year. My team is like the number one thing behind me. You know, if it wasn't for them, bro, I'm up a hundred percent in sales. If it wasn't for them, I would not be here. Yeah. You feel me? Um, marketing strategies, people that capture certain things, et cetera. But, uh, y you know, my, my team is, is, is who I am. I, I'm very proud of my team. I'm very proud to, you know, they are sheepy. I'm not just, I'm not, everyone says Alex is sheepy. They're sheepy. Nick, you know, my lead fabricator, fucking Alonzo, my GM, Johnny, my photographer, Luis, fucking shop manager, Anthony, my aluminum welder, Ray is my prepper, you know, Kundo, my tech, and then me, it's just like, without, you take any one of those out of the equation, we ain't sheepy, you know? Yeah. And it's the shit that people don't see is that those people make sheepy, you know, um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a blessed position. It, it took a lot of negative to get to that positive. Yeah. You feel me? It took negative encounterments and rufflements to understand the, the dynamic of how strong you should make your team, you know? And my team is bulletproof. You can't buy my fucking team. You can't walk in my team and offer them X amount of money to take them. They ain't going. The one motherfuckers that left that took them in this for the better, I'll tell you that much. The motherfuckers that are bought are the motherfuckers that are replaceable. Remember that. You feel me? Yeah. Any motherfucker that leaves for money is a motherfucker you don't want. Remember that. Yeah. Because in two motherfucking years, where are they? Because when that money runs out, who's going to fund it, baby? It ain't a team. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You feel me? I feel you, brother. So. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for sitting with me, man. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah, you're welcome. Dude, I wish you the best, bro. I love to see everything that you do. Love to stop by the shop and check out these cars. And hopefully I could bring one to you one day. Yeah, you're on your way there. Don't but buy my heart gone. I'm going to need Honda prices, though. <laughs> 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 Fuck out of here, Johnny Rice. <laughs> so before we get out of here, uh, where can people find you at? So, you know, Instagram, at Shapey Race. Um, Facebook, same thing. Website, same thing. Um, YouTube channel? 
Oh yeah, I forgot. I got that. Shibu race. He, he, here's the thing for everybody that's into sport compact stuff, Evos and Hondas. Don't forget, if you see on our website, we sell it. Just because we don't post it as much does not mean we don't sell it. Okay. Granted, things have a delay of time because everything is man-made in the small shop. You know, so we, we're forever thankful if you come to us to make your Honda intercooler, or your Honda, you know, turbo manifold or your Evo turbo kits. We value you as much as the cars behind us. It's just there's only X amount of us, and you know, be patient for the time delays. But on top of that, give us a call. Chances are, Alonzo's gonna answer the phone. If you call before eight in the morning, I'm gonna answer the phone because I'm always here at seven. <laughs> so, there we go, dude. So, Alex, yeah. thank you once again, yeah, bro. Appreciate you. Um, Thank you all for watching. Thank you for listening. This is an awesome conversation. And I appreciate you just being uh, open and honest and just had a good combo, man. Yeah, it's being this, human. This is dope, bro. Being human. I love it. So, so uh, thank you all you humans out there. Once again, this is Downtime with Downstar episode 147. And we out. Peace.